Look sharp, steel sharp, steel sharp. Use Gillette blue blades with the sharpest edges ever home. Gillette's cavalcade of sports is on the air. From Ebbets Field, here in Brooklyn, Gillette presents the World Series. Good afternoon, baseball fans everywhere. This is Red Barber with Mel Allen, greeting you for the Gillette Safe to Razor Company as the New York Yankees and the Brooklyn Dodgers get ready for their third game in this 1949 championship classic. Fans for the tops in sports, tune in Gillette's cavalcade of sports the year round. Every Friday night, Gillette broadcasts the major boxing bout of the week for the Fistic Fancy Coast to Coast. Also, as they occur, leading events of turf, diamond, and gridiron are aired for Gillette fans everywhere. The weatherman has given us a forecast of cloudy weather and no rain, and he's been exactly correct. It is overcast and cloudy as the series switches over here to the heart of Flatbush, but uh, the prediction is still no rain. The air is heavy. There is a strong wind coming in from right field, which is the short sector, which means that uh, left-hand pull hitters will be at a disadvantage. The wind is blowing, quartering toward the left field stands, so the right-hand batters will hit a high, long drive, figure to have an advantage on the wind. Ralph Branker is to be the starting pitcher for the Dodgers. He's busily warming up for that uh, familiar number 13 on the back of his home white uniform. And Tommy Byrne, the strong-armed, stout-hearted left-hander, is getting ready for the Yankees. The first two games have had unprecedentedly efficient pitching. You all know that. Uh, they've all been uh, one-to-nothing ball games. And... Uh, We've only had a one-inning relief job. In other words, out of four starters, three of them were complete. The other one went eight innings. Only an aggregate of two runs. The Brooklyn pitchers have given up no bases on balls in the two games. So the headline has been pitching. First, it was uh, Ali Reynolds on the strength of Tommy Hendricks' ninth-inning home run, winning the first game and beating Don Newcomb for Brooklyn. Yesterday, it was Preacher Rowe, uh, who lasted, made a second-inning one-run stand-up, and beat Vic Rashi and Joe Page, pitched the final inning of relief for the only relief assignment. So pitching is the story. However, neither one of these two pitchers today is rated primarily as a control pitcher. Uh, both walk a great many men. Uh, Branko for Brooklyn, a right-hander, and Byrne, a left-hander for New York. In the regular season, uh, Tommy Byrne won 15 and lost 7. Uh, wildness was the thing that plagued him more than opposing hitters. He is a uh, hardball, fastball pitcher with a solid curve, and he changes once in a while. Uh, Branka won 13, the number that uh, matches his uh, numeral that he wears, lost five, and Ralph had sort of an in-and-out season. First, he had arm trouble, and uh, then uh, he was wild, too, and threw a lot of home run balls. So the expectancy is that we'll have scoring today and certainly bases on balls. The umpires are coming onto the scene right now. There's a little meeting there in the Brooklyn bench. Uh, some of the umpires visiting with manager Bert Schotten. And uh, they're sort of grinning. Apparently there's some little uh, joke between them. The crowd is all here. We checked with business manager Jack Collins of the Dodgers. And we can tell you right now the attendance will be between uh, 30, uh, around, around 34,000 for this reason. There are about 32,000 reserved seats. And uh, that 32,000, uh, say not 32,000 reserve seats, 32,000 uh, seats. Now, of course, that includes the bleachers. The bleachers were closed off at 10 minutes of 11 this morning, about two hours ago. And uh, there will be 2,500 standing room uh, seats sold. That's all the standing room tickets. So that is the crowd, and that's all there is to that. Now we'll go down the batting orders for you. 
as the series stands locked to the game apiece. For the Yankees, it is Rizzuto leading off at short. Each manager has changed his batting order quite a bit today. Rizzuto leads off as usual, and Henrik, as usual, is hitting number two and playing at first base. Barra, after being out with a swollen hand yesterday, is back in the ball game today. Barra, left-hand hitting catcher. Jordan Maggio hitting fourth and playing center field. Bobby Brown gets the starting nod over Billy Johnson at third base. Brown at third. Also a left-hand batter. Branca, right-handed starting for Brooklyn. Woodling, a left-hand hitter, is in left field and hitting sixth for the Yankees. This is his first start. Umpire's moving up to the plate now, and the batting orders will soon be presented. Mates goes uh, back to right field, left-hand hitter. Coleman at second base, hits eight, and the pitcher is burned. <coughs> the batting order for Brooklyn, Reese retains the leadoff spot and playing at shortstop. Eddie Mixis, a right-hand hitter, with a left-hander starting for the Yankees for the first time in the series. Mixis starts at third. Carl Farello is hitting third on his back in right field and reports to manager Shotton that he feels a great deal better. He has a groin injury, you know, that kept him out of the starting lineup yesterday. Hitting fourth, Jackie Robinson. Miguel Hodges, the first baseman, is batting fifth. Louis Olmo, who finished in left field yesterday, is starting there today for Brooklyn, hitting sixth. Snyder in center field is batting seven. Campanella catching and hitting eight. And the pitcher is Ralph Ranker. Now the public address announcer is handing out the batting orders to the spectators here in the ballpark. Both pitchers continue working. The six umpires are up there. Casey Stengel, the manager of the Yankees, is up there to present his batting order. Captain Reese, who brings the Brooklyn list up to these pregame meetings, has not yet come out of the Brooklyn dugout. I was talking to uh, manager Stengel, and I asked him, I said, Casey, uh, this ballpark evokes many memories for you, doesn't it? Uh, he said, yes. This ballpark here at Brooklyn evokes memories for me from the time that this park was first opened for a professional game. It was a preseason exhibition game, and he says, oddly enough, with the New York Yankees. I was then, back in 1913, I was then a member of the Brooklyn team. And he said, all of the ball players in 1913 thought that this was the last word in baseball park and that the uh, marble rotunda was, well, the most spectacular thing that ever would be. So uh, time really changes, and that brought back to mind that uh, Charlie Abbott, back in those days when people accused him of having too fancy a park, used to say that baseball was only in its infancy. And judging by the way the crowds are swelling in attendance, etc., I guess the game is still in its infancy. Now we have Pee Wee Reese coming up with the Brooklyn batting order. The ground rules are being discussed. The six umpires in their working uh, rotation, Art Passarella of the American League, will be back of the plate on balls and strikes. Lou Jorda of the National League staff at first base. Cal Hubbard of the American League staff will be at second. And Beans Ridden of the National League will be at third. In the left field corner, National League umpire George Barr. And in the right field corner, American League umpire Ed Hurley. Now, with the uh, scene shifting over to the National League Park, there is a change in baseball, but it is not as much of a change as you might think. 
Uh, the last two days at Yankee Stadium, which is an American League park, uh, the baseballs were stamped with President uh, Will Harris's signature, and they were stamped with the American League. And the balls that will be used today and for the next two games here at Brooklyn, the National League Park, stamped with President Ford Frick's signature and uh, the insignia of the National League. But Spalding makes them both, makes them on the same uh, machines, and uh, there is no difference between them. No difference at all. In other words, uh, one is just the same as the other. The two starting pitches left tend to burn for the invading Yankees here at Ebbets Field, Brooklyn and right-hander Ralph Branca both continued calling along. There was a very significant ceremony before the ball game, and that was uh, a ceremony in which uh, Commissioner Chandler presented a huge banner, a huge banner to uh, the American Legion Junior Baseball Team of Oakland, California, representing post number 337, the team that won the 1949 American Legion Junior Baseball National Championship, and they've been brought here as a body all the way from Oakland, out on the Pacific coast, and don't you know that bunch of boys is really having a time? And uh, the commissioner gave them a great big banner. Man, that's some treasure. And it's interesting to note, too, that 27 of the 50 players certified for this World Series by Commissioner Chandler are graduates of American Legion Junior Baseball. Uh, 16 uh, ex-Legion stars are with the Yankees, and uh, 11 are with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Now we're going to have the ceremonies instant to the throwing out of the first ball. There's Commissioner Chandler over there in his box, which is just on the first base side, and he has with him a youngster who's just grinning so hard that I don't think he's been able to say a word uh, for a couple of hours, Arthur C. Sweeney, 13 years old. He's a Brooklyn boy, and uh, he was a victim of polio this year, and he has recovered beautifully. And uh, there is Commissioner Chandler shaking hands with Bar President John Cashmore. John Cashmore uh, stepping aside for this youngster, of course. Everybody steps aside for kids, uh, for people who are in trouble, and especially for uh, the fine cooperation with the uh, National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis. So uh, Arthur C. Sweeney, in just a second, will take the ball from Bar President Cashmore and uh, standing shoulder to shoulder with Commissioner Chandler, will uh, fire that ball out toward the mound, and then the ball game will be on its way. Folks, to some of us, this month of October means the World Series and the beginning of football, and to others it means the start of the hunting season. But to all of us, it ushers in the annual drive on behalf of America's community chest. The community chest means many campaigns in one. It represents the biggest federation of community services and givers in the world. Were it not for this once-a-year campaign, each of more than 14,000 Red Feather Agency units in it would have to conduct a separate appeal for funds. So when the community chest worker in your town calls upon you, make a real worthwhile contribution. There are various payment plans, so pledge now and pay as you can during the year. The ground rules are still being discussed. We will check the batting orders for you in case you just joined us on this Gillette broadcast just before Game 3 of the 1949 World Series for the Yankees. Rizzuto at short. Henrik at first base. Barra is catching. DiMaggio in center, hitting fourth. Bobby Brown at third. Gene Woodling in left. Fifth Mapes in right. Jerry Coleman, the second baseman, and the pitcher is Tommy Byrne. The batting order for the Dodgers. Reese at short. Nixis at third. Morello in right, 
Robinson at second, hitting four. Hodgers at first. Olmo in left. Snyder in center. Campanella catching. And the pitcher is Branca. The uh, discussion incident to ground rules at this park, and of course Stengel is no stranger to this ballpark. Casey was as a player here on the first Brooklyn team to play in Ebbets Field back in 1913, played for many years, was a member of the Brooklyn pennant winning team of 1916, which is being honored uh, by being guests of President Branch Rickey and the Brooklyn Dodgers at this World Series. And all of them that were alive were brought in at the expense of the Dodgers. And tonight they're to be given a special banquet. And Casey Stengel says, sure, he's going to attend. He remembers that that 1916 pennant was a mighty hard one to win. And he wants to be with those old friends for this evening. And, of course, Stengel uh, managed here in Ebbets Field. So, uh, well, this is the ballpark, too, you know, that Casey walked up the home plate one afternoon, lifted his cap, and a sparrow flew out. <laughs> And uh, Casey Stengel has had as much as any man that we know in uh, setting the tradition that anything can and probably will happen at Ebbets Field. Anyone yeah, just a quick description of the ballpark for you now. Right field is the famous uh, wall here at Brooklyn. It is 297 feet down the right field line. It falls away sharply to where in right center field it is 395. That right field wall is 40 feet high. It's a 20 feet concrete wall with an additional 20 feet of screen paneling on top of it. And the scoreboard is stuck out in front of the concrete and uh, wire fence in right center field. And you have any number of angles. The concrete wall does not go straight up and down. It goes up at a slant from the bottom and then is uh, straight up and down halfway up. In other words, 10 feet off the ground. There are three different angles where the scoreboard uh, intersects. So anybody who has played baseball will tell you that the right field wall here with its many angles is the most difficult single outfield piece of passage in any of the major league parks. Uh, center field is 393 feet. In left center field, 351. In the left field corner, 348 feet. So this is a left-hand uh, hitter's ballpark. Uh, the stands are double-decked here at Brooklyn, all the way from right center field, back around behind left, behind home plate and to the right field corner. There are no seats at all. It is only the wall in straightaway right field. And now, friends, uh, we'll pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Hear the World Series exclusively on WOR 710. See the World Series on WOR TV Channel 9. WOR and WOR FM New York. Back at Ebbets Field, and the Brooklyn Club goes out to take the field. We will have the national anthem in just a moment, played and sung by Miss Gladys Gooding at the console of the electric organ. Uh, she has an odd distinction. Uh, she is one of the uh, few women who has a real major league job in sport. Uh, she entertains here at Ebbets Field and at Madison Square Garden. So now Miss Gooding is being announced, and we will have the national anthem. Oh, my God. 
to add one more note before we turn the microphone over to uh, Mel Allen, and that is that we are very happy to see down in the Yankee box that Mrs. Casey Stengel is sitting down there, because to add to the walls of the Yankee manager, Mrs. Uh, Stengel was uh, quite sick last evening, but we are glad that it was temporary, because uh, you can imagine how Casey would have felt if his wife had been unable to be out here at the ballpark today. So... Under overcast skies, but with uh, no prediction of rain, although you sort of feel it in the air, the ball game is ready to go. Big Brankers on the mound, and here at the microphone, Mel Allen, who has done such a great job in the field of sports broadcasting, has uh, lent it and all of us in it much distinction. Mel? Hello there, everybody. Thank you very much, Red. This program comes to you by authority of the Commissioner of Baseball. It's intended only for the private use of our audience. Any publication or reproduction of this program and commercial use of the program is prohibited. And so we're all set to go as Ralph Branca, the 23-year-old right-hander from Mount Vernon, New York, who stands 6 foot 2, weighs around 185, is all set to compete in his second World Series. He worked twice in 1947. He won one and lost one. He opened the World Series for the Dodgers, was beaten by Spec Shea 5-3, but he's all set now to go against Phil Rizzuto as the Yankees shortstop, a right-hand hitter, steps into hitting position, chokes his bat a couple of inches. You've got Eddie Mixus in close at third. P.B. Reese in a step or so over toward third. In comes the first pitch of the ball game, swung on, popped up into the air, foul off to the right of the plate. Campanella after it can't get it. It's out of play into the upper deck. So strike one as we're underway in the third game of the Fall Classic. Baseball people glower around. Charlie Grimm and Frankie Frischer here as we look about. Ralph Branca looking in to get his sign from Campanella. Outfield around toward left. In comes the pitch. Rizzuto takes strike two. Called a fastball over the outside corner. Knee high. Art Passarella, the American League, calling balls and strikes. Lou Jordan of the National League at first. Cal Hubbard of the American League at second. Beans Reardon of the National League at third. Now Ralph Branca, the right-hander, throws. Rizzuto takes high and inside for ball one. The count is one and two. Ed Hurley of the American League stationed down the right field line. George Barr of the National League down the left field line. Branca getting set. Rizzuto in close to the plate up in front of the batter's box. Deep at third now is Mixes with two strikes on the scooter. In comes the pitch. Phil swings and sends a drive down the right field line. It's going to go foul and out of play. Missing the wall by about 10 feet and foul by about 25. Louis, uh, rather, uh, Carl Perillo playing right field, raced over to get the ball, but of course couldn't. Got Louis Almo in left, Duke Snyder in center, Perillo in right. Jackie Robinson is about four strides to the right of second base in a step. Hodges in halfway at first, five feet off the line. Ralph Frank of the right-hander throws. Rizzuto swings and sends a ground ball to third. Up with his mix is going to his left to throw to Hodges in time, and there's one away. Bill Rizzuto grounds out, mixes to Hodges. A ground ball hit into the hole between third and short, but not too hard, giving Mixes a chance to flash to his left, come up with it, with Reese backing him up. And now here's Tommy Henrik getting a hand as he is announced. Left-hand batter stands deep in the batter's box. Fairly close to the plate, not too close to it, however. Branca's first pitch to Tommy is right over for a call strike. Fastball got plenty of the inside part of the plate. And just above the knees, Frank Crosetti coaching there at third base, Bill Dickey at first for New York. Mixes about 12 feet off the third baseline, Reese over toward second. In comes the pitch, inside and low for a ball, and the count is even up at one and one. J. 
Jackie Robinson at a point almost halfway between first and second. Back on the edge of the outfield grass. The outfield around toward right and deep. In center and right with Almo looking for Hendrick perhaps to slice toward left. So he's over toward left center a bit. The pitch, it's strike call over the outside corner. And it's a 1-2 count now on Hendrick. Tommy started to cut at that ball. It was taking off. And he thought it might go wide of the plate, but it didn't. Roy Campanella picks up a plot of uh, dirt off of the left of the plate, tosses it away in the direction of Yogi Berra, who's in the batter's circle. One out, nobody on, top of the first inning. Branco pitches, Henrik swings and grounds one down to first, Hodges up with it, runs to the bag, outruns Henrik, and they're two away. It's a hard ground ball, but right at Gil Hodges. And now with two down, up comes Yogi Berra. Larry Barra from St. Louis, Missouri, who had the distinction in this ballpark two years ago of hitting a pinch-hit home run over the right center field screen. Yogi playing with that swollen left hand. Outfield, infield set up the same for Barra as for Hendrick. Big Ralph Frank of the right-handers into the windup. Around comes the arm. The pitch curve swung on a ground ball foul down the first baseline. Gloved by Hodges, three feet foul. He whips it around to Robinson as the ball goes around the infield. Two men down, top of the first inning. And the thousands here wondering, of course, whether we will have a reproduction today of the first two games of the series played at the stadium, both pitchers' battles. Two one-nothing ball games, the team's dividing them. One strike to count on Barra. Branca pitches, change up, and it's high and outside. Ball one. He took a little bit off of a fastball. One ball, one strike. When Red told you about Casey Stengel in this ballpark years ago, taking off his cap, letting a sparrow fly out, it reminded me of another story I'll tell you about in a moment. Barra swings and fouls it off to the left of the screen. There were reports after Hendricks Homer to win the first game in the ninth inning, one to nothing, that that was the first time that it had ever happened. It was the first time it had happened to make a one nothing victory in a World Series in a ninth inning. But Stengel, where the Giants had beaten the Yankees, with an inside the park homer, one nothing. But that occurred in the seventh inning. The one-two pitch swung on a drive foul down the right field line, going out of play. And when Casey hit that ball at Yankee Stadium and inside the park homer. He lost his shoe rounding second base and continued to circle the bases with one shoe on and one off. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Top of the first inning. No score, nobody on base. Franca studies Campanella's sign. Roy in a crouch behind that plate, giving the pitcher a good target. The Dodger right-hander delivers, and Barra swings and drives another one foul down the right field line. This one into the upper deck. Swung on a curveball. Throughout the year, Yogi hits more foul home runs than any other member of the Yankee ball club and perhaps more than a lot of ball players in a lot of clubs. In other words, he pulls very sharply. And he'll hit a million of them. Just foul into the right field stands. Branker all set. The one-two pitch and Barra swings and misses. Strike three. It took off outside. No runs, no hits, no errors, and nobody left on. And the score at the end of the first half of the first inning is New York nothing, Brooklyn nothing. You know, for 11 years, Gillette has broadcast the series and other sports classics for you fans. We know you enjoy these events. Yes, and thanks to your record-breaking purchases of Gillette products, we're able right now to offer you the greatest bargain in shaving history. Men, it's the improved Gillette Super Speed Razor Set 
in a stylish styrene travel case. This one-piece Gillette razor changes blades instantly and gives you the sweetest shaves ever. With it, you get a handy Gillette dispenser holding 10 Gillette blue blades, every one factory sharp. And as I said, the combination comes in a serviceable styrene case that's really something. Now, Bendonier, this outstanding $1.75 value is priced at only $1. Yes, only $1. So for the shaving buy of the year, get Gillette's World Series razor set. It's a beauty and a bargain. Last half of the first inning. The Dodgers sending up Pee Wee Reese, Eddie Mixus, and Carl Farillo against the left-handed slants of Tommy Byrne. Born in Baltimore, Maryland. Currently resides in Wake Forest, North Carolina. He went to Wake Forest, as did Race Carborough, Washington Senator pitcher. They were teammates down there. Tommy Byrne represents, in a manner of speaking, a, an enigma to uh, Casey Stengel and to baseball observers. He has some of the best stuff any pitcher has in baseball. But his problem always has been controlling it. He frequently will pitch a game in which he'll walk anywhere from six to ten men or more and yet uh, keep the opposition from scoring. On the other hand, there have been times his wildness has cost him ball games. And so we're all set to go. And you never know just how Tommy Byrne will go. Generally, he has most of his wildest uh, problems uh, in the first inning, which has caused uh, managers to wonder whether or not Tommy should warm up a little longer than the usual 15 minutes allotted for it. They've tried that, but that hasn't worked. Here's P.B. Reese leading off right-hand hitter, left-hander Tommy Byrne into the windup. In comes the pitch, and it is in there for a call strike. You've got Bobby Brown playing third base today, and he's in close in the event of a re uh, bunt by Reese. You've got Gene Woodling in left and Cliff Mapes in right. The Yankee changes from the first two games. In comes the delivery, and it's outside and low for a ball. One and one. Byrne has a fastball that's alive. He's got a sweeping curve, and he's got a fast-breaking curve. The outfield playing Reese toward left and center and left with Mapes pulled over into right center a bit. In comes your delivery. Swung on and missed. Strike two. Reese gave it a good cut. One ball, two strikes to count on Pee Wee. Tommy Byrne, despite his wildness, has through the course of this year in winning 15 games and losing seven, won several key games for the Yankees in their battle for the pennant. Just when they had uh, appeared to be in the throes of a losing slump, he would come along and win a key game for them, such as against Cleveland or one of the top teams that the Yankees had to beat. Now the delivery is inside. He said, hit him. I believe it hit him on the leg. Is that ball broke? Well, you know him. It did. He gets up and he shots on down the first. With a one-two count on Reese, Byrne whipped a terrifically breaking curveball inside, but it broke so far in that Reese couldn't even get out of the way of it. It hit him on the right ankle, or just above the right ankle, and time has been called while he uh, trots up and down the line beyond first base toward right to uh, take the sting out of it and uh, also the uh, possibility of getting that blood circulating around in there so he can run. Jake Pittler coaching that first base is talking to him. Pee Wee says he's going to be all right. Meantime, Tommy is uh, throwing a couple into Larry Barra. And time is back in and into the plate now steps Eddie Mixus. 
Batsum right-handed, replacing Spider Jorgensen at third today with a left-hander going for New York. And so Tommy Burns, wireless, immediately uh, comes uh, into the spotlight ahead of the first hitter. He hit him. So Reese moves off first, the stretch by Tommy Byrne, a check of the runner. In comes the pitch, and it is a bunt foul off to the left of the plate, out of play, into the stands to the left of our mutual and Gillette broadcasting booth, which is located directly back of home plate. One strike to count on Eddie Mixes. Carl Perillo's on deck. Mixus is he, almost a local boy. He's from Burlington, New Jersey. Stands deep in the batter's box. Slightly open stance in uh, close to the plate. Holds the bat just short of uh, the end of the handle. Brown in close at third. Here's your pitch. Mixus takes outside for a ball. He did not indicate that he was going to bunt that time. Evidently, Bert Schotten took the bunt sign off. Now he can just as quickly put it back on. Bobby Brown still in close at third. Rizzuto's in halfway at short. Three strides to the left of second. Coleman, same distance to the right of the bag and in halfway. Henry Coley against Reese, who takes a good lead. The stretch by Byrne, a look. And the pitch into the plate. Outside. Ball two, two and one. Two balls, one strike. Tommy Byrne now forcing himself a little bit after having hit Reese. He has a uh, problem of his own mentally and that he's thinking about his wildness. Two balls, one strike. Burn all set a look at Reese leading off first. And the pitch to Mixes. Outside for ball three. Three and one. Now Jerry Coleman trots in from second base to talk to Byrne. No activity in the Yankee bullpen as yet. Coleman talking to Tommy. You've got Carl Perillo on deck and Jackie Robinson to follow. Top half, of, or rather the last half of the first inning, no score. Top of the order for Brooklyn. Reese on first hit by a pitched ball. The count three and one on Eddie Mixes. Byrne takes his stretch. Reese with the lead. The delivery right in there for call strike two. Pumped a fastball through there. Mixes steps out of the batter's box just for a moment. Now he's back in. Mixes hind foot is half out of the back restraining line of the batter's box. It's a violation that's often, uh, most of the time, overlooked. We're ready for the payoff pitch. There goes Reese. The pitch is swung on. It's a high pop-up off to the left of the plate. Barra stumbles as he starts back for the ball, getting toward the dugout for the Yankees and makes the catch. And Reese goes to second base. There's a throw to Coleman, and Reese is double up at second base. Passarella just ran over to the Yankee dugout and warned Casey Stengel. Stengel had come out of the Yankee dugout onto the playing area proper to coach uh, Barra on the ball, and Passarella warned him. But it was a daring uh, gamble by Pee Wee and a, uh, an alert play and a good play by Yogi to double up Reese at second. And they're two down, and here's Carl Perillo, right-hand hitter, and the pitch. Swung on a drive to deep right center field. DiMaggio racing back toward the wall and meets. And DiMaggio's there under it. He makes the catch. No runs for Brooklyn. 
No hits, no Yankee errors, nobody left on base, and so we've had a lot of excitement already in the opening inning, and it may be a uh, harbinger of things to come in this third game of the World Series. So in the last half of the first inning, after Reese was hit by the pitched ball, Mixus, with a 3-1 count on him, took the next pitch for 3-2, and two, and then hit a high foul pop-up off to the left of the plate that Yogi Berra caught after stumbling, starting back, caught it near the Yankee dugout, and Pee Wee tagged up at first and broke for second with Re- with uh, Barra having his back to the play, thinking he might get the jump, thinking perhaps that Barra wouldn't figure him to be going, but Yogi whirled, and of course the boys on the bench hollered to Yogi to tell him, and through, his throw was not uh, too true, it was on the shortstop side of second, but uh, Jerry Coleman was there to take it and had plenty of time to reach for it and then come back and tag Reese out sliding in for the double play. So as we go to the top of the second inning of the scoreless game, up steps Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio leads off with Bobby Brown and Gene Woodling to follow. Ralph Franca on the hill. Outfield around toward left, infield around toward third to pitch. Right over for a call strike. Fastball, overhand fastball. Mixes deep at third near the line, about two feet off of it. P.V. Reese back on the edge of the left field grass and over toward the third base hole with Robinson three strides to the right of second. Branco throws low outside for a ball, one and one. One ball, one strike. The Dodgers have certainly got a good book on the Yankees. That is to say they have scouted them well. Scouting is permitted in baseball just as it is in football. One ball, one strike. Ralph Franco works. And the pitch. Curve swung on and missed. Strike two. A good swing, a good hook. One and two the count. The Manjos had only one hit in the series, and that was what the boys in the trade term a bleeder as he beat out a slow roller in the ninth inning yesterday. Frank ahead of the hitter. And the 1-2 pitch on its way. Demage swings and misses. Strike three. Joe DiMaggio went down swinging on an inside fastball. And now coming up is Bobby Brown. Bobby bats him left-handed. He had a 1,000 batting average for World Series play until he pinch hit yesterday and struck out. In 1947, he hit every time that he uh, was charged with a time at bat. Branca's first pitch is swung on. It's a looping fly ball out in the short center. Going out is Robinson. In comes Snyder's Jackie out there. Makes the catch in short center for out number two. With two down, the batter is Gene Woodling. Number 14, Woodling came up from San Francisco to the Yankees this year after having uh, had brief trials with Cleveland and Pittsburgh. He led the Pacific Coast League in hitting last year with a 385 average. A boy from Akron, Ohio. Stands in close to the plate, deep in the batter's box. Feet together. Jokes the bat just about an inch. In comes the pitch, and it's a little inside. Ball one. They play Woodling toward right in center and right. Straight away and left. The big gap in left center. Woodling slices. He can pull. Third baseman Eddie Mixes in halfway on the skin part of the infield, a dozen feet off the line. Branco throws. The pitch is right over for a call strike, a fastball, and the count is evened up at one and one. Reese is about three strides to the left of second in two steps. 
Jackie Robinson halfway between first and second, back on the edge of the right field grass with Gil Hodges deep and three feet off the first baseline. One and one the count. Two men out, top of the second inning, no score. Branca's pitch. Strike. It's called a fastball over that inside corner. Back woodling away, but the pitch stayed right in there. A one-two count on Gene. Cliff Mapes on deck. Frank Rossetti coaching there at third, hollering something up to Woodling. Branca gets his sign from Campanella, starts the windup, around comes the right arm, the pitch, curve, and it's outside. Ball two. It was a beauty. Just missed. Art Passarella calling balls and strikes for the of the American League. Lou Jordan of the National League umpiring at first. Cal Hubbard of the American League at second. Beans Reardon of the National League at third. George Barr of the National League down the left field line. And Ed Hurley of the American League down the right field line. And now Branca's 2-2 pitch to Woodling. Swung on. It's a high pop-up. Foul off back of third. Mixes. Waves Campanella off. And he's under it and makes the catch. Woodling fouls out to Mixes. No runs. No hits. No errors. Nobody left on. And we move right along. You know... Watching today's game with us here in the broadcasting booth is a ball player you all know, Bertie Tebbets, aggressive receiver for the Boston Red Sox. Bertie, tell the folks why you prefer Gillette Blue Blades. Well, that's a cinch, Mel. They're the only kind that give me a decent shave. Well, how do you account for that? Well, they're sharper than a hound's tooth, and they don't break down like other blades do. You buy them in the Gillette dispenser, of course. Naturally. It costs nothing extra and is mighty handy. Yes, fans, it pays to ask for Gillette Blue Blades. Ten or twenty at a time in the modern Gillette dispenser that zips them out unwrapped. You save time, save fuss, and change blades presto. Look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp. Use Gillette Blue Blades with the sharpest edges ever honed. Ready now for the last half of the second inning. Nothing and nothing. And so far, this has been primarily a goose egg series, hasn't it, Red? Well, Mel, you've had uh, only two runs and two ball games and uh, one and a half innings. I don't believe they run out of goose eggs for the scoreboard, do you? I believe they got enough out there that the pitchers can continue to deal them out. Jackie Robinson leads off for the Dodgers in the last half of the second. Gil Hodges and Louis Almo to follow. Phil Rizzuto hollers something over there to Tommy Byrne as Tommy went to the Rosenbag. The left-hander sets to work on uh, Big Jackie, right-hand hitter. Brown in close at third in the event of the bunt. Tommy Burns pitched to Robinson. Swung on. It's a high fly ball out into short right. As a matter of fact, the wind is holding it up, and Coleman, back of Hendrick, makes the catch. A step on the skin part of the infield. As the ball started out, it looked as if it was going to go out into short right. Mape started in, but the wind, which is blowing in from right field and out toward left, held it up. And Coleman took it right in behind Hendrick. So with one down, up comes Gail Hodges. Bats him right-handed. Outfield is around toward left. Hodges drove in the winning run for the Dodgers yesterday. Drove in Jackie Robinson, who had doubled in that inning. Now the pitch. Strike call over the outside corner. Burn southpaw to fastball. That nicked the outside part of the plate just above the knees to Big Gill. 
Brown deep at third or halfway back near the line. In comes the pitch, and it's way outside for a ball, one and one. Phil Rizzuto is not too far over into the third base hole, but pretty close to it. Jerry Coleman only about two strides to the right of second. Henrik, ten feet off first base, in halfway on the skin part of the infield. In comes the pitch. Hodges takes strike, called as Tommy Byrne whipped a curve over the outside corner. So one-two count now on Hodges. One out. Last half of the second inning, no score. Milton Stock coaching at third for the Dodgers, cups his hands over his mouth, hollers words of encouragement up to Big Gill, who has come along fast in his development as a first baseman. In comes the pitch, curve swung on, popped up into the air, off to the left of the plate. Yogi Berra goes over and makes the catch. That brings up now Louis Almo. Hodges fouls out to Barra. Off to the left of home plate. Now Louis Almo steps in, right hand hitter. Tommy Burns' first pitch to him is low, ball one. We've had some excellent umpiring in the series. Casey Stengel comes to the front of the Yankee dugout and motions something out there to Woodling. Gene uh, hasn't seen him. Byrne delivers, almost started to swing, held up as the pitch stayed inside around the letters for ball two. And now Stengel is back out of the dugout. He's trying to get somebody's attention. He's getting Brown's attention. Now he's got Woodling's uh, eye, and Woodling is moving more over toward left center. DiMaggio is a step or two over toward right center. And uh, Mapes almost straight away in right. The 2-0 pitch to Almo. Right over for a call strike. 2-1. Milton Stock with a gesture of the hands indicates to Almo just meet the ball. It's a 2-1 count on the right-hand hitter. Two outs, last the second inning. A scoreless ball game. Duke Snyder's on deck. Tommy Byrne comes in with the pitch, and it is swung on, popped up into the air, off to the right of the plate, but it's going to come back out of play. Just above our heads. 2-2 two, two the count. Two balls, two strikes, two outs, inning number two. Each team looking for win number two in this series. Tommy Byrne, a slow worker. Rubs up to cover that new ball. Things are... Fairly quiet at the moment, as you would expect in a scoreless ball game. There's big Hank Greenberg sitting behind Bill Beck, eating himself a hot dog. All right, Tommy Burns set to go again. In comes the pitch, and it is swung on a slow roller, hit down toward third. Bobby Brown charges it up with it, fires over to Henrik, and it is in time for the out and a close play. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left on. Almo topped the pitch. It rolled slowly down third. Brown charged it and fired Almo out on a very close play, one of those pat-pat or bang-bang plays, as they say in the trade. And thus, at the end of two innings, you have another scoreless ball game. The Yankees have been three up and three down. The Dodgers have only had six batters, but they've had one on, Pee Wee Reese, who was hit by a pitched ball, but immediately was doubled up by the next hitter.
This is Mel Allen with Red Barber bringing you the World Series. And behalf of the Gillette Safety Razor Company, who are proud to bring it to you for the 11th consecutive year, and Jim Britt doing the telecast of the World Series games, and Renee Canizares beaming it to the Latin American countries, and our broadcast going around the world through the shortwave facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Cliff Mapes looks at a strike, a fastball fired through there by Ralph Franco, who wears the number 13 on his uniform, but he's not superstitious. As a matter of fact, he's one of 13 children. Strong-armed, broad-shouldered right-hander fires away. Mapes takes inside. Another fast one, ball one, one and one. Branca joined the Dodger organization in 1943. Best year was in 1947 when he won 21 ball games. Went to New York University. One ball, one strike. Mixes is wide of third. In comes the pitch. Mapes takes a curve that's high. Ball two, two and one. Two balls, one strike. It's an overcast day, as Red told you a while ago. For those of you who may have tuned in late, we repeat it. No immediate threat of rain, however. The wind is blowing out toward left, in from right. Now the delivery. Swung on, foul tipped, and into the mid of Campanella for strike two. Two, two. Cliff Mapes is a boy that has tremendous power. He also has definite weaknesses at the plate that pitchers capitalize on, but if they make one mistake, he's got so much power, he can hurt you. Branca's 2-2 delivery on its way, and Mapes swings and foul tips it, dropped by Campanella, and Mapes is alive. That's a rough job back of that plate. When we say that a catcher has dropped the third foul tip, it's not meant in any sense of criticism of the backstop. Those balls come spinning back there, and they're rough. Even if you've got a mask and protector on, as they do have, it's still rough to handle. Now the delivery. Curve is low inside. Ball three. Full count now on Mapes. This is the first batter on which Brank has gone to a 3-2 count. His control has been superb up to now. No score, top of the third inning. And the payoff pitch on its way. Mapes takes high, ball four, and he's on. And that is the first base on balls given up by a Brooklyn pitcher in this series. Number 42, Jerry Coleman. Neither Don Newcomb nor Preacher Rowe gave up a walk. Mapes gets the first walk issued in the series by a Brooklyn pitcher. And now coming to bat is Jerry Coleman. Pride of San Francisco. Twenty-four years of age. The pitch is right in there for a call strike. Jerry stands about six feet, but he isn't very hefty. He only weighs around 165. Has come along marvelously. And though he may not be the rookie of the year in the American League, he did play good enough ball to be in contention for that honor. Mixes is in close at third. Mapes has a lead. Hodges holding the stretch, the pitch. Coleman swings and fouls it off to the right of the plate. It's out of play, under the roof and out of the ballpark. A two-strike count on Jerry. The Dodger outfield today consists of Almo in left, Snyder in center, Perillo in right. Mixes is at third as we go to the infield. Reese short, Robinson second, Hodges first, Campanella catching, and Branca pitching. 
Mixes isn't looking for the bunt. He's halfway back at third near the line. Reese is in halfway at short. Four strides to the left of second. Robinson halfway between first and second and in halfway. Here's the pitch. Swung on. It's a high fly ball. Curving foul back to first. Hodges digs over near the stands, but he cannot get it. It's out of play. The ball dropping about ten rows in. A two-strike count still on Coleman. Naturally, he wouldn't, uh, as we go back to Mixes, would not be looking for the bunt with two strikes on Jerry. But stranger things have happened. The outfield is just about straight away. Coleman, though he can pull, has for the most part in this series been hitting to right field. And Carl Perillo is stationed over toward the right field line. Now the delivery. Curve is right in there. Throw down to first base. Makes just back in time. That was the third strike on Coleman. We didn't have time to tell you that it was the third one. Of course, you knew if you were following the count because Campanella whipped a quick throw down to Hodges trying to double up Mapes, who had a good lead off the bag, but Mapes got back in time. So Coleman looks at the third strike. Beautiful curve, and that's the third strikeout for Branca. And now coming to bat is Tommy Byrne. Though Byrne did not hit for a high average during the course of the season, nonetheless, he is what is generally termed a good-hitting pitcher. He's dangerous, in other words, at the plate. He hit 193, but he drove in 13 runs. He's the kind of a guy who might hit the long ball for you. He might just take three cuts and sit down. The delivery... Right in there for a call strike over that inside corner above the knees. The outfield is shading him toward right, slightly in center and right. Almost a straightaway setup. Byrne hits a lot down the left field line. If he gets an outside pitch, he can also pull him. Here's your delivery. Low inside for the ball. One and one. Tommy had 16 hits uh, in the regular season. Four of them were doubles and two of them triples. Mapes has the lead. Hodges holding. Here's your pitch. Curve and it's low inside. Ball two. Two and one. Eddie mixes. Walks a step or two from third over toward the mound to pep up uh, Ralph Branca. Ralph uh, decides to take a white handkerchief out of his right hip pocket and mop his face. It isn't a warm day, but it is warm when a guy's out there throwing that ball. Looking around, we see Joe Cronin, general manager of the Red Sox, seated off to the left of the Yankee dugout. There goes Mapes. The pitch is swung on a ground ball hit out past Robinson into right center for a base hit. Mapes around second on his way to third. Snyder up to the ball, hits it into Robinson, and it's a base hit for Byrne. That's the Yankees' first hit of the ball game. They put the hit and run on, and Byrne wrapped a solid base hit to the right of second. Jackie Robinson made a beautiful backhanded attempt to get that ball, but couldn't quite reach it. Duke Snyder went over into right center to grab it, whipped his throw back to the infield, but Cliff Mapes, who was off and running, raced to third. Now Joe Hatton, a left-hander, begins to throw in the Dodger bullpen. As Phil Rizzuto steps up. Phil grounded to third in the first inning. The Dodger infield is in for play at the plate. Here's the pitch. Phil takes in over the inside corner for a call strike. He started to cut but held up. His reflexes are wonderful. 
He can uh, make a move and stop right on a dime. Mixes and Reese are almost at the edge of the infield grass. Robinson is not quite so close. He's halfway. Hodges holding against Byrne. Here's your pitch. It's Bunny down the first baseline. Here comes Mapes, and the ball goes foul. They attempted the squeeze. Hodges broke from first toward the plate, but allowed the ball to roll foul, and he saw it uh, spinning that way. Casey Stengel comes just to the front of the Yankee dugout and hollers to Phil to get a piece of it now. There's two strikes on the scooter. Hodges might have had a play at the plate had the ball remained fair. Mapes on third. Burn on first, one out. And for Ralph Brank on the Dodgers, Rizzuto is the key man in this inning. Stretched by Ralph. The pitch. Swung on to fly ball. Hit out into right center field. Perillo goes over, gets under it, makes the catch. Here's Mapes tagging up. And he scores. And the Yankees lead one to nothing as the throw was way off on third base side of home plate. I thought Hodges was going to cut it off as Tommy Byrne made a break for a second. But Byrne, thinking they were going to cut it off, then held up and came back to first. So Rizzuto flies out to Perillo in right center and is credited with a run batted in as Mapes tagged up and scored after the catch. And as baseball observers will tell you, there again is that base on balls. Is that right, Red? Well, that's the first one that I defense to given up, and it probably cost them a run. And now here's Tommy Henrik. That's him left-handed, two down. The pitch, curve inside, ball one. Tommy Byrne on first base. Joe Hatton continues to throw in the bullpen. One to nothing, New York, top of the third inning. Henrik grounded out to Hodges in the first inning. Gill is not holding now against uh, Tommy, but just in behind him. Now the delivery. Way inside to Henrik. Ball two. Two nothing to count. In these World Series games, once a pitcher allows a runner or two to get on as a rule, the bullpen becomes alive. The time is short. Best four games out of seven. You're not playing 154. And you got to throw everything you've got into each game as much as you possibly can throw into it and save something for the next day. Now the delivery. Change-up is high and away for ball three. A 2-0 pitch is a favorite one for a batter to swing on. And sometimes it's a very smart pitch at changing up on a fastball hitter, as Hendrick is, if you can get it over. But it was high outside. Two down. Bracket ready for the 3-0 pitch. Here it is, inside, ball four. And Tommy Byrne moves down to second. Henrik takes over at first. As Branca gives up his second walk of the inning. And the batter now is Yogi Berra, who struck out in the first inning. Reese and Campanella converge at the mound to talk to Branca to settle him down. And so we are beginning to get more action in this third game of the World Series than has been customary so far. That is more concentrated action. Had uh, scattered explosions here or there in the first two games. Yogi Berra steps in. Byrne moves off second. Henrik off first. Two down. One in. Top of the third inning. One to nothing. New York. Outfield toward right and center and right. Straight away almost in left. Big gap in left center. 
Mixes halfway back at third, 10 feet off the line. Reese in a couple of steps, three strides to the left of second. The pitch is inside. Ball one to Yogi. Jackie Robinson deep at second, halfway between first and second bases with Hodges deep near the line. The wind, remember, is blowing away from right out toward left. Barrel left-hand pull hitter. Awaits the pitch from Branca. Campanella on the cross gives Branca the sign. One run in, top of the third inning. Two down, two on. One nothing New York. Byrne moves off second base. Hendrick off first. Stretch by Branca. In comes the pitch. Barra swings and sends a pop-up right out to second to Robinson. He takes it for the out, and the inning is over. That ball had Jackie fooled momentarily, as it did most of us. As it started out, it looked as if it might go further. Jackie took a step out toward right uh, field and stopped and came in for the ball. It was not hit as hard or as well as it appeared. One run for New York. One hit. No Dodger errors. Two men left on for the Yankees. And the score at the end of two and a half innings, New York won, Brooklyn nothing. Bertie Tebbets of the Boston Red Sox gave it to you straight when he said that Gillette Blue Blades are sharper than all get out and don't break down like other blades do. Yes, fans, Gillette Blue Blades are sharp, plenty sharp, and have edges that stand up for one quick, easy shave after another. So they give you better-looking, more refreshing shaves and far more of them for your money. Buy Gillette Blue Blades and the modern Gillette dispenser. This handy magazine deals them out unwrapped, ready for use. What's more, it protects the blades perfectly so that they stay factory sharp until used. You pay nothing extra for this convenience. A Gillette dispenser loaded with 20 blades, 40 shaving edges, is 98 cents. With 10 blades, 49 cents. Look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp. Use Gillette Blue Blades with the sharpest edges ever honed. Last half of the third inning, the Dodgers will come up with Duke Snyder, Roy Campanella, and most likely Ralph Branca. See Red sort of looking down to see if there's any possibility of anybody being around a bat rack, but Hatton is no longer warming up, and it's early in the game and only a one-run difference, so... The likelihood of uh, Branca being out of there is very remote. Last of the third, Duke Snyder steps in. Left-hand batter, power hitter. Stands 6'2", weighs around 175, in close to the plate. Left-hander Tommy Byrne delivers. Snyder takes outside for a ball. Almost swung on it. Boar from Compton, California. 23 years of age. Byrne throws. The pitch is in there for a call strike. Sidearm fastball. One ball, one strike on Duke. Yanks one, Dodgers nothing. Last half of the third inning. Third game of the World Series. Each team has won a game. Now Tommy Burns' delivery. Snyder swings and sends a fly ball into left center. Demand starts back and has to come in. The wind is holding up. Here comes Woodling, and Woodling makes the catch. That wind is rough today and causes the outfielders and infielders a little trouble. That ball started out into left center, and DiMaggio had started back. 
and then suddenly had to stop and start in as the wind carried that ball away from him and in toward the infield. But fortunately for the Yankees, Gene Woodling also had started for the ball, and the left fielder racing over toward left center and in made the catch. Now here's Roy Campanella, right-hand batter. Burn throws, Campanella swings, bounds it down to third, two hops to Bobby Brown near the line. He fires across to Henrik in time, and they're two away. Campanella smacked a hard two-hopper to Bobby Brown just inside the third baseline. Bobby was playing it in there close and grabbed it to throw him out easily. Here's Ralph Franco coming to bat now. Two up and two away. Last of the third, New York one. Dodgers nothing. Casey Stengel to the front of the dugout of the Yankees now. Pushing Woodling over toward left center more. The pitch in there for a call strike. The outfield setup is just about straight away. Woodling was a little closer to the left field line than Stengel wanted him. Bobby Brown's about five feet off the third baseline. Three steps away from the edge of the infield grass. Rizzuto four strides to the left of second in about two steps. Byrne delivers. The pitch is over for call strike two. You got Jerry Coleman. Four strides to the right of second and deep. And Henrik. Six or eight feet off the first baseline, and he's fairly deep there at first. Two strikes to count on Branca. Tommy Byrne, the left-hander, into the windup, delivers, and it's swung on and missed. Strike three. The ball dropped by Barra. He picks it up, throws easily down to Henrik for the out as Branca ran it, and that's all for the Dodgers. The putout goes two to three since Barra dropped the third strike. It's a strikeout, however, for Byrne and his first of the ball game. No runs, no hits, no errors, and nobody left on. Let's listen to this announcement. Oh, this is an announcement concerning the fact that uh, a number of the players in this World Series are boys who started out in American Legion uh, baseball. At the end of three innings, then, your totals. The Yankees, one run, one hit. No errors and two left on. The Dodgers have had only one man on base, that Pee Wee Reese, who was hit by a pitch ball in the top of the first inning and was doubled up at second base by Barra after he had caught Mix's foul pop-up over toward the Yankee dugout to the left of home plate. Now as we go to the top half of the fourth inning, the announcement that uh, is going over the public address system concerns information already given to you by Red Barber earlier. And so we move right along with the ball game. Joe DiMaggio will be leading off in the top of the fourth with Bobby Brown and Gene Woodling to follow. Tomorrow's game will start again at 1 o'clock. And Gillette will be on the air over Mutual at 12.45. That's Eastern Standard Time. On Sunday, however, if we might uh, anticipate just a bit, the game will start an hour and five minutes later. 205, so we'd like to tell you today, so you be sure and remember that on Sunday. Ralph Branca pitches to DiMaggio, swings and misses, strike one. Our broadcast time on Sunday will be at 1.45, however, Eastern Standard Time. That's just for Sunday. Tomorrow we'll be on at 12.45 Eastern Standard Time. Ralph Branca delivers, DiMaggio swings, fouls it back onto the screen, strike two. Joe, always a key figure, has not had a good series offensively. He's had only one hit, a roller which he beat out. But then it must be remembered that he actually got out of a sick bed battling uh, 
off uh, a near attack of virus pneumonia to finish up the season the last two games with the Yankees and is still not at full strength. Now the pitch. High ball one. One and two. But his mere presence in the lineup is inspirational to his teammates. And he's always a threat. One to nothing New York. Fourth inning. One ball, two strikes on the clipper. Branket delivers. Demage swings and misses. Strike three. Cut hard to curveball. And that's the second straight time Joe has struck out. That's the fourth strikeout for Branket. And in the series, four times DiMaggio has struck out. Struck out once on opening uh, day of the series and once yesterday and twice today. Bobby Brown, who popped out to Robinson in the second inning, steps in. Left-hand hitter. Chokes that bat. Bends slightly at the knees. Leans from the waist. Right-hander Branca throws. Outside. Ball one. One ball, no strikes. One to nothing. Favor the Yankees. Fourth inning. One out. Nobody on. It's getting a little darker out here right now. Isn't it red, or is it my imagination? No, it's getting darker, Mel. Um, it's rather ominous looking. It might rain before the afternoon's over. That wind is really whipping those flags around out toward uh, left from right. The pitch swung on, popped up in the air, back of third. Mixes drifts across the foul line under the ball, and he makes the catch. Bobby Brown fouls out to Eddie Mixes, about 25 feet down the line from third base and 10 feet or so foul. With two down, up comes Gene Woodling, who fouled out to Mixus in the second inning. And Cliff Mapes is on deck. Branca studies Campanella sign. Into the windup, he throws. The pitch is inside, up around the letters. And it's a one-nothing count on Woodling. Ralph taking his time. The Mount Vernon, New York right-hander into a quick wind-up. Throws the pitch, a curve over for a call strike. When I say a quick wind-up, Branca doesn't take one of those uh, lengthy, graceful wind-ups. As he stands on the rubber, gets his sign, he quickly brings his hands up over the head and without too much of a wind-up, comes down and throws. Now the delivery. Swung on. There's a line drive to right center field. Ferrillo racing over. He cannot get it. It's off the scoreboard. Woodling rounds first. Heads for second. The throw comes in. Sliding in safely with a double is Gene Woodling as Reese takes the throw. Ferrillo is limping. Gene Woodling lines a double off the scoreboard in right center field. Carl Perillo unable to go after a ball with his usual speed because of the groin injury he sustained before the end of the season. Limped over after the ball. However, it was high up on the scoreboard. He couldn't have caught it anyway. Snyder converged with him. And now here's Cliff Mapes, who walked in the third inning and came on around to score on Burns' single and Rizzuto's fly ball to right. They pitched to Cliff. High, ball one. There are two men away. Top of the fourth inning. One to nothing, New York. Woodling's double is the Yankees' second hit. Branker stretches, pitches. Mape swings, sends a little roller. Wide at first. There's Hodges going over. And then he lets Robinson do it. He throws to Branker, covering for the out. Hodges start over the ball, and Jackie hollered him off. He took it. Branker covered beautifully, and Mapes is out. Robinson to Branker. No runs for the Yankees. One hit. 
No errors for the Dodgers. One left on for New York. And the score at the end of three and a half innings of play is the Yankees one, the Dodgers nothing. You know, almost a million men recently bought Gillette one-piece razors on our guarantee of complete satisfaction or double their money back. It's an amazing fact that nearly 2,000 to 1 preferred the razor to twice its purchase price. Yes, men, and those are the odds that you will agree the Gillette one-piece razor is the easiest shaving and most convenient ever. The Gillette one-piece razor changes blades instantly, skims off stubble slick as a whistle, and rinses clean in a jiffy. Each set includes a 10-blade Gillette dispenser and an attractive, serviceable travel case. See the Gillette Super Speed set. A big $1.75 value for only a dollar. Look at the gold-plated Gillette Milord, $2.75, and the superb gold-plated Gillette Aristocrat, $3.79. Any one of these fine Gillette razors will give you matchless shaving ease and convenience. Last half of the fourth inning. Top of the order for Brooklyn. Pee Wee Reese, Eddie Mixis, and Carl Farillo. Very dark overhead. Dodger fans begin to uh, squirm and call for a little action. Pee Wee hit by a pitched ball in the first inning, the only Dodger to reach base. Right hand hitter awaits the delivery from Byrne, and it is in there for a call strike as he broke off a breaking pitch over the inside corner, waist high. Bobby Brown moves in the step at third on the grass to tamp down some of the turf. He's in close in the event of the bunt. Byrne throws. Reese swings and sends a long drive to deep left field. It may be going, going. It is gone. Tied up at one and one as Pee Wee Reese put the slug on one of Tommy Burns' fastballs and drove it over the 351 foot sign into the left field stands in the lower section. And now here is Eddie Mixis, a right hand batter. Takes outside ball one. That was the first Dodger hit off Tommy Byrne. And it's a one one ball game. Mixes fouled out to Barra in the first inning. Tommy Burns south paws one in. Eddie swings and sends a drive to deep center field. DiMaggio's out there, though, and takes it for the out. Mixes got hold of one and drove it sharply to center, but right at the Yankee clipper. So with one down, up steps Carl Perillo, who skied to center the first inning. And as it was a predominantly Yankee crowd at Yankee Stadium, it is predominantly Dodger here at Ebbets Field. And the crowd has awakened with Pee Wee Reese's terrific blast into the left field stands, left center field stands, to tie up the ball game at one and one. Carl Farillo, right-hand hitter. Tommy Byrne, the left-hander, throws. The pitch is swung on, lined into left field, pass Brown for a base hit. Woodling goes over. Cuts the ball off, whips his throw to second. Perillo holds it first with a line single just to the left of Bobby Brown. 
Now here's Jackie Robinson. There's still no action in the Yankee bullpen. Henrik walks over to talk to Byrne. Each Dodger who has come up in this inning has spanked the ball hard. The fans are standing up to look toward the Yankee bullpen. The Yankee bullpen is seated and looking at the folks standing up. But there could be a hurry call in a moment. Every ball has been hit hard, including the out. Mixes liner to center. All right, Frillo leads off first. Jackie Robinson up, a right-hand hitter. The pitch inside. It's a curveball, ball one. Robinson popped out in the second inning to Jerry Coleman. A 1-1 ball game, last half of the fourth inning. Henrik not holding against Frillo, just in behind him. Byrne delivers. Robinson takes low, ball two. Jake Pittler dancing around, coaching there at first. And now there's Jim Turner, Casey Stengel's pitching coach, signaling for action in the bullpen. A left-hander and a right-hander. We'll give you their identities in a moment as soon as they take their jackets off and go to work. Meantime, Tommy Byrne, ready for his 2-0 pitch, delivers, and it is outside for ball three. Joe Page is the Yankee left-hander. And the right-hander is Fred Sanford. Now, Tommy Henrik moves over from first base to talk to Byrne, who breezed through the Dodger lineup for the first three innings. But starting the fourth, the Dodgers teed off with Reese spanking one of the left center field stands for a home run to tie it up. Mixes lined out to DiMaggio, and then Frillo lined a single to left, and now the count has gone to three and nothing on Jackie Robinson. And we're ready for the 3 nothing pitch, and it is inside, ball four, and down the second goes Ferrillo. That is the first walk given up by Byrne. Ferrillo goes to second, Robinson to first, and Casey Stengel comes out of the Yankee dugout to the mound. He goes to talk to Byrne and Yogi Berra with Gil Hodges, a power-hitting right-hand hitter coming up, and Louis Almo on deck. Now Joe Page goes to work in the bullpen. There he is working, a left-hander. And Fred Sanford, a right-hander for New York. Stengel leaves the mound, goes back to the Yankee dugout, which is located to the left of home plate here at Ebbets Field. The Dodgers dugout to the right of home plate. And for the first time in this series, we're getting a lot of action. A lot of action involving runners on and base hits. Perillo's on second. Robinson on first. Only one out. One run in. Last of the fourth inning. Scored tied. One and one. Hodges fouled out to Barrow in the second inning. Waits the pitch from Byrne. Here it is. Way outside. Ball one. One ball, no strikes. Outfield around toward left. Tommy checks for the Yogi. Brillo moves off second. Jackie Robinson off first. Byrne stretches. Has a look at second. Here's the pitch. And it's inside. Ball two. Curveball. And the streak of wildness that you generally expect from Tommy Byrne, in which did not occur early, as it so frequently does, has suddenly come here in the fourth. Now we're ready for the 2-0 pitch. Two men on. First and second. Here's the delivery. Outside. Ball three. 
And Byrne calls Yogi out to uh, talk to him. Yogi just takes a step or two out, though, and doesn't go all the way out. A 3 nothing count on Gil Hodges. The man most directly responsible, however, for Burns Wireless is not Byrne, but Pee Wee Reese, who teed off and hit that ball into the left field, uh, left center field stands, and that got Byrne a little wary. Now the pitch. Over for call strike, three and one. In a tight ball game, in an important ball game, when a batter suddenly steps up and parks one on you, then you get a little worried if you're a pitcher that somebody else will. You try to be a little too careful. You try to be careful, and you become a little too careful and miss the corners. By either a little or a lot. Three balls, one strike on Gil Hodges. Carl Frillo on second. Jackie Robinson on first. One out, one in. Last the fourth inning. Tommy Byrne with a stretch, a look at his runners. Here's the pitch. Hodges takes outside. Ball four, and they're loaded up. Perillo goes to third. Robinson to second. Hodges takes over at first, and the batter is Louis Almo. Grounded out to Bobby Brown in the second inning. And for the first time in the series, we've got the bases loaded. Now Casey Stengel comes out of the Yankee dugout, walk out to the mound. Casey has his mind made up. Uh, I believe he's going to take Burn out. I'm not certain. He took a look at the bullpen. Says something to Art Passarella. Casey's looking toward the Yankee bullpen. Now he walks to the mound. Henrik's standing there. And I believe Casey's going to have... The left-hander, Joe Page, is going to come on. So Casey is not going to play percentage and bring in Sanford, a right-hander, to pitch to the right-hander hitting Almo. He's going to bring in his ace left-hander, Joe Page. Now, of course, Casey's uh, figuring ahead a little bit. If he had brought in Sanford, then Gene Hermansky might have been sent up there by Bert Schotten. So... Joe Page is coming on to pitch to Louis Almo. And Joe's coming in awful early for him, though he did come in early last uh, Saturday against the Boston Red Sox, a game the Yankees had to win to stay in the pennant fight. And he went six and two-thirds innings that day and pitched one hit ball to actually give the Yankees the chance to win that pennant the next day. Tommy Byrne gets a hands, he leaves the mound. And while we await Joe Page's warming up on the hill, we pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Hear the World Series exclusively on WOR 710. See the World Series on WOR-TV Channel 9. WOR and WOR-FM, New York. Back at Ebbets Field... The Dodgers have the bases loaded. Joe Page is coming in to relieve Tommy Byrne, who went three and a third innings, allowed but two hits, both of them in the fourth inning. Walked two men, both of them here in the fourth inning. Struck out only one. And is responsible for the three men who are now on base. Score is tied at one and one. 
Joe Page calls Yogi Bear out to the mound as he finishes his warm-up tosses to talk to him. And we're set to go. You've got Carl Perillo on third, Jackie Robinson on second, Gil Hodges on first. One out. One run in on Pee Wee Reese's inning opening homer. Score tied 1-1 and Louis Almore, right-hand hitter up. Joe Page into the windup. In comes the pitch and it is strike call a fastball through there. Toward the outside part of the plate between the belt and the knees. They don't play Almore to pull. They're shading him around toward right. So he's a right-hand batter. Brillo moves up the line from third. Robinson moves off second. Hodges off first. Page comes in with his pitch and Almo takes outside for a ball. One and one. Yogi bluffed a throw down to first. Then took a quick look at Barillo as Brown dashed to third. Brillo was playing it safe over there. Fred Sanford continues to limber up in the Yankee bullpen. Louis Almo the batter. Barillo on third. Robinson on second. Hodges on first. One ball, one strike on Almo. Joe Page comes in with a pitch. It is swung on and missed. Strike two. One and two the count. A wicked hook. And here you've got on the hill for the Yankees, one of the most publicized relief pitchers in the history of baseball. And the crowd sensing a dramatic situation. But with the manager of the Yankees wondering whether this is the day that Joe has it or whether he hasn't. Don't always have it, you know. The Yankees hoping he does have. The Dodgers hoping he doesn't have. With a count, one ball and two strikes. Almost stepped out of the batter's box for a moment. And as he starts back in, Page steps off the rubber. Turns around, has a look into center field. Ties back on. Almost back in. Brill on third. Robinson on second. Hodges on first. The windup. Three men lead away. The pitch. Almost swings and lets a high pop-up foul. Back to first, drifting over into the stands. Henrik leans in. He leans in and he's got it. And the bases remain loaded. Henrik leaned into the stands and grabbed that ball. Tommy Henrik reached high over the heads of standing patrons in the field boxes. Back to first base. And grabbed that ball for the out. So they're two away. And up comes Duke Snyder. That's him left-handed. Fly to left field in the third. And so the battle continues. Three men on, two down. Score tied 1-1. Page into the windup. In comes the pitch. Snyder swings and sends a ground ball out toward Coleman. He's up with it. Throws to Henrik, and the inning is over. And Smokey Joe Page once again proved his pitching prowess as a reliever. One run, two hits for the Dodgers. No Yankee errors and three men left on. And there was one of the most dramatic situations we've had in the World Series so far with the Dodgers having a golden opportunity to forge way ahead but stopped cold in that inning by Joe Page. And so at the end of four innings of play, it's one and one. Quick, good-looking, comfortable. Men, that's the kind of shaves you get every time with Gillette Blue Blades. These blades, five for a quarter, are so sharp and so perfectly finished, they just glide through wiry whiskers. Every stroke is a caress, 
Yes, and you enjoy tops and convenience when you buy Gillette Blue Blades in the handy Gillette dispenser. It comes in both 10 and 20 blade sizes for the price of the blades alone. Your four inning totals, the visiting Yankees one run, two hits, no errors, three left on. The Dodgers one run, two hits, no errors, and three left on. And so the tempo of the series has begun to pick up considerably from the standpoint of thrills. And as we move now to the top half of the fifth inning of a 1-1 ball game, up is Jerry Coleman, right-hand hitter. Ralph Franco, the right-hander, throws. Coleman takes a strike right in there. Overhand fastball between the belt and the knees. Coleman looked at a third call strike in the third inning. Of course, we had thrills of another kind in the first two games. Thrilling pitching. Thrilling defensive play. Branca's pitch to Coleman. Swung on and missed. Strike two. And Branca overpowered Coleman with a fastball just around the shoulders. Ralph has his jaw set. He's a game competitor. Two-strike count on Jerry Coleman. Score tied 1-1, fifth inning. And now Branca's ready. And his pitch curve is swung on, hit up into the air into center field. Snyder out there, 100, and makes the catch. Coleman skies out to Snyder in center. And with one down, up comes Joe Page. Page, a left-hand hitter. Outfield about straight away. Branca's pitch is right over for a call strike. You know, chances are in a regular season game, Casey Stengel might not have lifted Byrne in a spot like that because so many times Byrne has loaded them up and pitched himself out of those jams. The one-strike delivery in there for call strike two. But in a World Series... With time so short, managers refuse to take too many chances. Especially when they have uh, well-loaded bullpens. Now the two-strike pitch to uh, Joe Page. is swung on and missed. Strike three. As Ralph Brankett chalks up his fifth strikeout. Now we go to the top of the Yankee order and pick up Phil Rizzuto, who grounded at third and sent a fly ball into right center in the third inning. That drove in the Yankees' run when previously Mapes had walked, gone to third on Burns' single, and that set it up for Phil to score the run. The pitch is swung on and fouled off in behind the plate. A one-strike count. Phil went for a low outside pitch, trying to hit it to right field. So far in this series, there have been a total of 33 strikeouts. Red was busy figuring up the total over there. Branca delivers to Phil High. Ball one, one and one. Conceivably, this might go down in World Series history as the strikeout series. But uh, we'll wait until that happens. See how far the series goes and all. One ball, one strike. Here's your pitch. Swung on by Phil and fouled off to the right of the plate. 
And as we followed the flight of the ball, our eye caught Carl Hubble and Mel Ott, who are here. A couple of fair ball players in their day, Red. One and two the count on the scooter. They're a couple of the greatest the Giants ever had. Ralph Franca's pitch. Curve is outside. Ball two, two, two. The commissioner waves to us. Mrs. Chandler. And uh, seated uh, with the commissioner today is Mr. Joe Spang, Jr., president of the Gillette Safety Razor Company. Here's your pitch to Phil. Curveball, high. Ball three. Man, that was over, but just a little high. So it's a full count on the scooter. Three and two. Branko goes to the Rosenbag. Now he comes back upon the rubber. Toes it, looks in to get the sign from Campanella. Into the windup, round comes the right arm. The payoff pitch is swung on. A ground ball hit right to Reese. He scoops it up, flips on over to Hodges in time, and the inning is over. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left on. And the score at the end of four and one-half innings of play, one and one. And now it's with a great deal of pleasure that I switch this Gillette microphone over to a fella who not only has a good, clean shave, but uh, a fellow with whom I'm always, I always feel privileged to work with. He's been broadcasting World Series games since back in 1935. One of the outstanding baseball uh, broadcasting authorities and a nationally famous sports broadcaster in all fields, the old redhead, Red Barber. Thanks very much, Mel. Good afternoon again, everybody. Joe Page, who not only uh, won some games for the Yankees this past summer, but according to uh, Casey Stingle and uh, pitching coach Jim Turner, saved 25 more, is ready to pitch to Campanella. Does a curve in there for a call strike. He's a big, strapping six-foot left-hander and throws that ball hard. He has a strong arm. He has the temperament to relieve. His whole disposition is to come in and choke off a ball cloud. And he's been tremendous at it. Pitches as a let-up curve over for a call second strike. I feel round toward left on Capanella. Roy hitting eighth in the Brooklyn batting order. First up, last to the fifth. She's a one and one tie. And another one of these tough grinding ones. Pitch. Fast curve low. One and two. Page, if you haven't seen him pitch, uh, rares up on his toes and gives you a big forward kick. And in addition, he's got a very uh, loose set of hips the way he gives you a lot of motion out there. And uh, back of that motion is the idea that there's a strong guy who's going to turn loose that rock. And the hitters, uh, well, they just don't exactly take a toehold. He's a rough customer. Delivers one and two. There's a foul back. Count standing as it was. One and one tie. Campanella, then Branca, followed by the top of the order, Reese, who hit uh, Brooklyn's home run in the fourth inning. is Mel Tozer, way up in left center field. Page kicks, throws, Campanella fouls it off. Still one and two. Page uh, has control. Uh, Jim Turner was telling us that he's about the best he's ever seen at tuning up in a bullpen. He knows just how much to get ready. 
In other words, says uh, Turner, he doesn't leave a pitch in the bullpen, meaning he doesn't do too much work. And that is quite a trick for a relief man. Page relieved 60 times this summer. Throw, curveball high outside. Two balls, two strikes. Page wears number 11. Now turns his back on the plate. Stands around the back of the mound. With the bases loaded and one out, he came on in the fourth inning and silenced it just like that. One, two hitters. Foul ball, nice catch by Henrik. And the ground ball by Schneider. Curve ball hit slowly down to the right side. Second baseman Coleman over, up for the ball. Throws to first, and that's off Campanelli. He's thrown up by four or five steps. Four to three if you're scoring. Second to first. One up, one gone. Last to the fifth inning. And here's Pitcher Branca coming out of the Brooklyn bench, making his way up to the plate. Right hand batter, wearing number 13. After yesterday's game, manager Shotton said that his starting pitcher today would be either Branca or Barney. He'd got Barney down in the bullpen, and he started with Branca. Asked him in the Brooklyn Clubhouse uh, a couple of hours before the ball game uh, today, uh, why Branca? Let's see, here's the first pitch to Ralph. High inside ball one. He said simply that Branca has been starting the last three weeks in turn, has been working regularly, and Barney has not made a start since the Dodgers were last at Chicago. They were at Chicago, St. Louis, then back at Brooklyn, Boston, Philadelphia. One and no pitch in there, fastball for a call strike. Franca is uh, not one of the best hitting pitchers in the trade. He struck out, if you'll recall, in the third inning. Outfield is not deep in, and is swung in toward right. Draft swings, misses. Page just fired that ball down in there. One and two. Ball game tied, one and one. Jake Pittler coaching it first. Hollow something up to the plate. Milton Stark coaching it third. Page pumping. Now kicks, throws. There's a foul on top of the first base stands. Out of play, one and two. Balances the ball down his glove, blows in his hand a couple of times. Big left-hander delivers. Curve blow inside ball, too. Two balls, two strikes. He took something off that ball, trying to make Branca chase it. Of course, I imagine that Branca's big idea up at the plate is to try and make Page pitch as much as possible. Two and two. Relief of throws, fastball outside, ball three. Three balls, two strikes. A man gone, nobody on, last to the fifth. He's another spine tingler. All tied, one and one. So far in the series, these two teams are either exactly tied or just a one-run differential. Boy, that's cutting it awfully close. Couldn't be any closer. Page delivers three and two. Call strike three. Fastball. He poured through there and Ralph took it right off the hands. So this is the first strikeout to Page. Now Leaf gets a big hand as he walks up to the plate. 
The Yankees ahead one to nothing. He caught hold of one of uh, Tommy Burns' pitches and drilled it. 351 feet. That's where it's marked. That's where the ball went in the lower left center field stands. Reese, right-hand hitter. Attend to page pitches. Fastball in too close to the hands. Ball one. That field swung around toward left for two reasons. One, Reese pulls in that vicinity. And uh, three, the wind is blowing that way. Fastball above. That was just above the knees on the inside. One ball, one strike. Two gone. Page deals. Reese hits curveball foul. One and two. Ball bouncing over to the Yankee bench, and Coach Frankie Crosetti darts out, takes the ball on the bounce, throws it over to the umpire's ball boy. One and two. Tachibara down his haunches to give the sign. The hustling young umpire, Art Passerell of the American League staff, crouches down. Taking his stance directly behind the receiver. One and two pitch. Outside. Page took a little off that one. Two balls, two strikes. Two and two. Things quiet for the moment. Page moves off the rubber. Checks his uh, foothold down halfway in the front of the mound. Pitches. A curve that reached just to check his swing on in time. Bella turns around and claims that Pee-wee swung. Pee-wee turned around and claimed he didn't swing. And Pastorella said, he didn't swing for me. Now Casey Stengel jumps to the front of the Yankee bench. He doesn't get out of it. But uh, there he stands, a figure of silent protest. Boy, the stage lost a tremendous thespian when it uh, lost Stengel to baseball. He has a very mobile face. So there's that half swing. Boy, an umpire knows that he just took his head wrong anytime he has to compete with that one. Three two pitch, swung on, a ground ball right back to the mound. Page picks it up, throws over to first, and Reese is retired very easily. So, nothing of course against Joe Page in the last of the fifth. He's come on to face five men, and he's gotten them all, and has not had a ball uh, hard hit. So at the end of five innings, we'll check out totals. One run, two hits, no errors, identical totals. And so the big crowd uh, looking on. All of the great people in baseball are here. If Mel and I started telling you uh, who we see, uh, well, we just wouldn't have any time for the play-by-play. They're all here. All that you can think. Now for the uh, ball club uh, going on the attack in the sixth inning for the Yankees, Henrik, Barra, and DiMaggio. That's how they'll hit for the Brooklyn Club of Field. Franca on the mound. Campanella back of the plate. Hodges at first, Robinson at second, Reese at short. Eddie Mixis at third base today. In left field, we all know, center field, Duke Snyder, and the right fielder is Carl Farello. The umpires, Art Passarella back of the plate, Jordan at first, Hubbard at second, Rudin at third, Barr in the left field corner, and Hurley in the right field corner. The National League umpires represent 58 years of Major League experience. 
and 13 uh, World Series. The American League umpires represent 26 years of Major League experience in seven World Series. Tommy Henry, first up in the sixth, swings and misses at a fastball that Branker threw right down in there. Nothing in one. All tied one and one. Henrik rounded out to first baseman Hodges in the first inning and walked in the third. Wind continues blowing from right field to left, from first base to third. As a fastball low inside, it gets away from Campanella and goes on back to the stands. Nothing more than ball one. New Agate put in play. Frankie Crosetti, coaching at third. Bill Dickey, coaching at first. Henrik chokes that bat about an inch, leans in, left hand hitter, takes an outside curve, it just misses, and it is two and one. Two balls, one strike. Tom, of course, is being played to hit into right field. Branka lets out his breath, now starts pumping, delivers two one. Although for a call, second strike on the outside, that seemed to be the change off the fastball. Two balls, two strikes. Henrik, a slightly open stance. Chokes it bad just a shade more right now. 2-2 pitch. Curve swung on, hit out into short right field. Parallel coming in. He's under it. Right fielder takes it. And one man is disposed of, beginning matters in the sixth inning. One one tie. And Yogi Berra, who is 0 for 2, struck out in the first inning, popped up to second baseman Robinson in the third. He's got a little bandaging around his wrist and around the base of the thumb on his left hand. That's the thumb that he broke, if you recall, in August. Still sore and painful. I feel toward right. Branker's throw. The curveball in there. Ball strike. Nothing in one. One out. Nobody on. The pitching continues to dominate. Big right-handers throws. Lella ball swung on. Hits sharp at the first and one bounce. Hodges up. Runs over to the bag. And makes the put out unassisted. Barron not getting much more than halfway down the line. So two men are gone. And big DiMaggio stepping in. Even though he struck out twice, you can feel that the sentiment of the fans is all for this great player. Outfield swings around toward left and is back at a most respectful distance. Infield is deep. Reese at short is overshifted uh, very much toward third. Mixes is deep at third. But under Branker pitches, curveball in for a call strike. Canaggio struck out in the second and struck out in the fourth, both times swinging. One and one ball game, two gone. The pitch, fastball swung on. It's a high puck fly. The first baseman Hodges is getting under in foul ground. And now it's in fair ground, and he makes the catch. The wind blew the ball back into fair ground, but the first baseman had it. So it is nothing across for the Yankees in the top of the sixth inning. The score, New York 1, Brooklyn 1. Coming out to Ebbets Field this morning, Bob Chipman, pitcher for the Chicago Cubs, told me the Gillette Super Speed Razor is the finest shaving instrument that he's ever used. So, Bob, how about giving the fans the lowdown, will you? 
It's always a pleasure to put your friends next to a good thing. And Gillette Super Speed Razor is all of that, believe me. Convenient, Bob? Yes, blade changing is a cinch and cleaning is too. More important, you get the slickest shaves in the world. Men, the new Gillette Super Speed Razor is the greatest shaving bargain ever offered. You get this fine, precision-made Gillette one-piece razor and a ten-blade Gillette dispenser in a modern styrene travel case a big dollar seventy-five value for only a dollar. Ask for the new Gillette Super Speed Razor set at any convenient store. Well, this World Series is getting to be the sort of one that you can't uh, so much as bat your eyelids for fear something might happen. And I imagine uh, you millions of folks listening in as over 700 radio stations uh, carry this uh, Gillette World Series broadcast for all four corners of the earth. I imagine that uh, it's hard for you to run off any place and miss a batter. Never has there been a series with such tightness of pitching as the series opened up. That is, tightness on both sides. Now we've got uh, Eddie Mixis, first up last in the sixth inning. Left-hander Joe Page delivers, fastball low inside, ball one. The regular third baseman, the bulk of the season for Brooklyn, was Billy Cox, who sprained his ankle in a morning game Labor Day and has not played since. And since that time, Mixes, a right-hand hitter, has alternated the Jorgens and left-hand hitter at third. Fastball inside for ball two. Two balls, no strikes. Jorgensen played the uh, first two games, if you recall, started them at the stadium. And Mixes is starting this one. The pitching for the Yankees today has been from the southpaw side. First uh, Tommy Burry, now Joe Page. A 2 nothing pitch. Over for a strike. That's always the big one. Because you not only have to get it over, but you've got to get something on it. Two balls, one strike. This is Page's ball game, of course, to win or lose. He works. Fastball swung on a high puff fly into right center field. Mapes is under it. Not a two-tough chance for the right fielder. And he's got it. And there again, you could trace uh, the force of the wind. Mapes must have uh, drifted under that ball five more steps toward center field as the wind made the ball dance. So put out for the right fielder. One up, one away. Last of the sixth inning. One and one tie. And Carl Farello, who is uh, one for two, singled off burn in the fourth inning after flying out to center field in the first. A few around toward left. Crowd watching tensely as this grim struggle continues. Attender, Page pitches a curve outside the right-hand hitter, Carl Farello. One and all. Yankees afield, Page relieving. Came on in the fourth inning with the bases loaded and one out and stopped the Dodgers right in their tracks, kept the ball game then as it was and as it is now, one and one. Barron is catching his second game, so they caught yesterday back at the plate. Henrik at first base, the second Jerry Coleman at shortstop Rizzuto, and today at third, it is Bobby Brown for the Yankees. The 1-0 pitch to Perello. Swung on, bounced straight to second baseman Coleman, who's up with it on a big bounce, throws over to first base, and that's all for Perello, who's retired before he's more than halfway down the line. So two are gone. Page has allowed no man to reach base safely. 
And Jackie Robinson, who is also one, popped to second base in the second inning, walked against Byrne in the fourth, now steps in. Robinson, who yesterday doubled and was scored in a single by Hodges for the only run in that game. The Yankee outfield, Gene Woodling, is in left. DiMaggio remains in center, and the right fielder is Cliff Mapes. Two gone. Robinson leans in. He's deep back from the plate. Let-up ball is high outside. Ball one. Ball game, an hour and a half old. The skies remain threatening and dark, but so far we have not had so much as a wisp of rain. Uh, the weatherman said that it would be uh, ominous, overcast, cloudy, but that it would not rain. Also, he predicted that the weather would be clearing for tomorrow. Let's hope so. So, high outside for ball two. Two balls, no strikes. All eyes uh, focused right now at the heart of the diamond, the tender page. The batter, right-hand hitter, Robinson. The pitch, low inside the ball three. That was a fastball. I think Page expected Robinson to be swinging on that because he was trying to pitch him in close to the hand, which is the way that a lot of left-handed pitchers have been pitching Robinson for a couple of years. 3-0. Joe said, uh, like any baseball, so played on by Pastorella, accommodates him. Page taking his time, getting ready. On one ball game, nobody on, two out. Three-nothing pitch is ball four, and without throwing Robinson a strike, he walks him. So this is the second time the Jackets walks. First walk given up by Page, and this is the first man of eight to face Page to get on against him. And Gil Hodges, who fouled out to catch a barrel in the second inning, and drew a base on balls off Byrne. He was the last man that Byrne pitched to in the fourth. Hodges, who's 0 for 1, steps in. Drove in uh, the run yesterday, actually. Actually, you speak of uh, runs so far in this series as the run of the first game and the run of the second game. Well, each ball club has a run today. Robinson off first. Hodges swings a high fly ball straight out to DiMaggio in center. Joe's waiting for it. He makes the catch. You didn't think he'd do otherwise, did you? So, we have no runs, no hits, one man left in the sixth inning. Now, let's check our six-inning totals. Still one run, two hits and no errors. There's identical totals. Now, before we move into the seventh inning, and as the Yankee fans here at Brooklyn begin standing for a stretch, let's pause ten seconds for station identification. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Hear the World Series exclusively on WOR 710. See the World Series on WOR-TV Channel 9. WOR and WOR-FM New York. Speaking a moment ago about the fine job that Joe Page has done, uh, it sets your mind uh, to thinking of great relief pitchers. Uh, Page's uh, uh, predecessor as a great relief man, uh, Johnny Murphy, is sitting over there uh, alongside the Yankee dugout. And then you think of other relief pitchers, uh, Hugh Casey, uh, who is with the Yankees now, but did his greatest relief work for Brooklyn. 
And then you go back to uh, Fred Marbury, who was a great right-handed relief pitcher. And, of course, everybody uh, was extremely sorry uh, that he had lost an arm in an automobile uh, accident down in Mexico, Texas. And, of course, everybody's pulling for him to soon be out of the hospital. And if he's listening, uh, we hope it's good listening. Now we have uh, Bobby Brown, first up in the seventh inning. Good left-hand batter. Chokes had bat a couple of inches. Swings and hits a hot one on one bounce to second baseman Robinson. The throw it over to first, and that's all for Brown. So one up, one pitch, and one away as this tough ball game gets tougher. All tied at one and one. The last base hit for the Yankees was a double by Gene Woodling off the lower part of the right field scoreboard. That field toward right. Big Branker throws. Fastball on the outside. No balls, one strike. Nothing in one. The last man to get on against Branker was this uh, self-same Woodling who's up here now. But one away, nobody on the seventh. One and one ball game. Everything tied, including one and one for games. There's a curve, low inside, ball one. Frankie Crisetti, with that high piping voice, which can easily uh, be heard, is busily hauling encouragement from his coaching post third up to Woodling, who's in the crouch, feet close together, left-hand hitter, swings, fouls it off. One ball, two strikes. Woodling um, had a chance... Uh, with Cleveland some years ago and then was up in the National League with Pittsburgh and didn't hit. Went out to the Pacific Coast League, changed his stance. Lefty O'Doul helped him a lot. And uh, he led the Coast League last year and he's been a very helpful fellow to have around the Yankee Ball Club this year. One and two pitches, swung on. There's a high fly ball in the straightaway center. Snyder backs up one, two step, waits for the ball and makes the catch in center field. So Branker has now retired the uh, batting order, the last nine. Fifth Mapes, who bounced out in uh, the fourth inning. But more important, Mapes, who walked in the third, and that was the first walk drawn by a Yankee so far in the series, and that was turned into New York's run. Mapes, a left-hand hitter. Mapes walked, opened up the third inning, and with one out, went around to third base as pitcher Byrne delivered a hit-and-run single. Mapes swings, foul ball, back out of play. And as Mel pointed out to you in the third, uh, that was a very uh, vital point, that uh, base hit by Tommy Byrne. And not only that, but uh, Mapes had gotten a tremendous jump on Branca. He was really off. He just went into third base standing up. Throw, curveball low inside, one ball, one strike. One and one. Everybody is very serious visaged in this ball game. Nobody grinning. One and one pitch. Swung on. Tipped. And it is strike two. One ball. Two strikes. Two out. The consistency of the way the pressure has carried uh, through all these games. Unbelievably identical. One and two the count. Throw. Fastball just missing inside. Oh, that's close. So close, in fact, that uh, plate umpire Passerella just held his uh, thumb and his right index finger just to show that that ball just did miss. Missed off the inside. Right-hand uh, pitcher, left-hand hitter. 
Mapes started well back from the plate, swinging from the end. Outfield toward right, 2-2 pitch. Swung on a high fly ball into center field. Snyder comes in, now goes back. He's under it. Center fielder under it. He's got it. Goes hit high and far. Had the win uh, been the reverse of what it is today, that might have been all the way. So, with a roar, the uh, Brooklyn uh, Denizens now come to their feet as they move into the last of the seventh inning, and the score stands New York 1 and Brooklyn 1. Bobby Chipman of the Chicago Cubs said a mouthful when he told you that the new Gillette Superspeed Razor tops them all for shaving ease and convenience. Fans, this razor changes blades instantly, glides through whiskers as gently as a breeze, and wrenches clean in a jiffy. Twist, it opens, zip, it's loaded, twist again, and you're ready for the best-looking, most refreshing shaves ever. There's nothing to take apart or put together, nothing to jam or clog, nothing to waste your time or try your patience. So take it from me, it's a beauty and a bargain. You get it, plus a Gillette dispenser holding ten factory-sharp Gillette blue blades in a serviceable styrene travel case, a big dollar seventy-five value for a dollar. Ask for the new Gillette Super Speed Razor set at any store and see what real shaving comfort and convenience are like. Now the last half of the seventh inning. Roy Olmo, Duke Snyder, Roy Campanella. Any one of the three uh, on safely, then Pitcher Branca will hit. A one-and-one dog fall. Joe Page, who is the key man now for the Yankees as this game comes down with grim tenacity with so few runs in it. Page standing on the mound. Barra settling down to give the sign. Olmo, who stands uh, deep back in the box. Right-hand hitter, an overly close stance. Bounced out third to first against Byrne in the second inning and against Page was the biggest out of the ball game in the fourth. Swings and there's a high, high foul ball that catcher Bella is under. Getting under, getting under, and makes the catch no more than 15 feet behind home plate. So one up and one away as Page continues moving through the Brooklyn batters as that Gillette blue blade mows through your whiskers. Now we've got uh, Duke Snyder, who's off the two. Left-hand hitter. So, swung on, a high foul ball on top of the third base stands. Out of play and out of the park. The ball's one strike. With the wind blowing out toward left field as strongly as it is, that's the way it has blown all afternoon. And with Page uh, probably pitching outside consistently to Snyder, the outfield is back into left, especially DiMaggio. Duke swings and pulls the ball wide at first base. Henrik up with it, runs over to the bag and makes the put out by two steps. So the play handled by Tommy Henrik, unassistedly, and two men are gone, last to seven. Roy Campanella, 0 for 2, stepping in. The Brooklyn uh, Road Secretary, Harold Parrott, has just bought us the attendance figures uh, with the money figures with it. 32,788 paid, which means $164,016. That is Roy Campanella. Swings at the high fly ball, deep in the left center field. There's a left fielder whittling under the ball, close to the wall, and makes the catch 350 feet away, and the wall is 351. So, having a cross in the last to the seventh. 
two runs in quarter. Only four runs so far in the three games. The first two, one to nothing. First one by the Yankees, the second one by the Dodgers. And now each team has a run as we move into the eighth inning of this third game with games tied at one and one. In the eighth inning for the Yankees, it's uh, second baseman Coleman, who is batting eighth. First up, followed by Joe Page. You know he'll hit for himself. And then by the top of the order, Rizzuto. When the Dodgers come in for the last of the eighth, it will be Pichabranca leading off, then the top of the order, Reese and Mixes. And Ralph is just getting out to the mound right now. There's Campanella coming up to the plate. And uh, let's open up that other microphone for Mel Allen and uh, get his observations. Mel, did you ever think you'd see such pitching, especially in the clutch when it meant so much? Never did. As a matter of fact, in the press room before the ball game got underway, I was talking to Dan Daniel, who erudite sports uh, reporter of the World Telegram, been following baseball for longer maybe than Red and I's ages together. He said he didn't know what in the world all of a sudden happened. He said, they're blossomed forth here. The Mathesons, the McGinnities, and uh, the greats all over again. He said something that uh, no one ever expected. And that's just the way it's been. And uh, looks that as if that's the way it's going to still be, Red. Well, that's the way it is right now. All tied one and one as we move into the eighth inning. And here is the right-hand hitting second baseman of New York, Jerry Coleman, first up. Brankers, fastball is over, but too high. Ball one. Also, the weather conditions have uh, befriended all pitches. Weather conditions, as well as the fact that the uh, batter screen was taken down in center field at the stadium for the first two days. Throw, curveball over. It has been dark this afternoon, and of course that sets up uh, a pitcher's fastball. The darker it gets, the more of a disadvantage the hitters are. And then at the stadium of the first two days, uh, the hitters were having to look against that white baseball, against all the white shirts in the center field bleacher section. Batting screen was down. One and one pitch, one and missed, short curveball. I will make no mistake about it. Uh, the pitching staffs that had uh, come through such a Kilkenny struggle to win pennants were braced. We're all set. One ball, two strikes. Coleman choking well up on that bat. Oh, about three, four inches. Fastball low inside, just under the hands. Two and two. Franker and Page, even when they uh, give the hitter a ball, are close to the plate. Coleman, with his feet pretty well back from the plate, leans in. Pressure from the waist. Outfield, step toward left. Pitch. Fastball right over. Call strike three. And Coleman was just uh, immobilized. There, he, there it was. He just couldn't move. You could just see him straining to try and break loose, and he couldn't. That's six strikeouts for Branca. By the way, Branca's concerned in all the strikeouts of the game. He's the only Dodger to be struck out. He's been struck out twice. He struck out six himself. And pitcher Page stepping in. He's been up uh, once this afternoon and struck out. He's at bat in the fifth inning. Left-hand batter. Outfield toward right. Franco throws. Fastball in under the hands. Ball one. One away. 
Top of the eighth inning. All tied one and one. Campanella's uh, throw back to Branca. Got loose in the pitcher. Reese retrieves the ball at short. Page, who came in out of that bullpen for New York just 60 times this past summer. Throw. Swung on, foul back. The Yankees figure that Page and his performance on Saturday, as he came on, if you'll recall, and pitched uh, six and a third innings, held the Red Sox to no runs and one scratch hit. The fact that he was able to finish set up everything for New York. In other words, uh, he pitched them to the win. One-one delivery, curve swung on, hit back to the middle. Reese going over, up, uh, juggles the ball, recovers, throws over to first. In time for the out, and Page is out on a bang-banger at first base. Reese had the ball bounce up and hit him in the chest. He recovered, threw over to first to Hodges, and Hodges, like a ballet dancer, made that split as he moved uh, his whole body out in to greet the ball, and Page is out. Boy, he was straining, hustling down that line. Oh, Reese recovering. Another one of the close plays. Those are the things that give umpires nightmares when you get those bang-bangers. We had four in the ball game yesterday. So two men up and two gone, top of the eighth. Passarella, back of the plate. He had two like that at first yesterday. Passarella snaps on his mask. Rizzuto, both for three. The right-hand hitting shortstop. Swings on the fastball and pops it up into short left field. Reese going back from short, waving Olmo out of the way, and Pee Wee makes the catch. Well, the Yankees are retired. Having a toss in the top of the eighth inning, as Branca has set the side down in order now for the last four rounds. And with Brooklyn coming in for the last of the eighth, the score remains New York one, Brooklyn one. It goes without saying that every man who values personal appearance and comfort wants to get the best-looking, most refreshing shaves he can. To do that and save money as well, use Gillette Blue Blades, five for a quarter. They have the easiest shaving and longest-lasting edges ever put on steel. Also, they fit your Gillette razor to a T and protect you from the discomfort caused by misfit blades. Now, for extra convenience, buy Gillette Blue Blades in the handy Gillette dispenser that zips them out on wrap. With it, you change blades in a jiffy, save time, save fuss. Also, the blades are perfectly protected. Stay factory sharp until used. You get 20 blades, 40 shaving edges, for 98 cents. 10 blades for 49 cents. Look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp. Use Gillette Blue Blades with the sharpest edges ever honed. The uh, Brooklyn Dodger knock them down and drag them up to uh, the back hall Razzmatazz Symphony Orchestra that plays here throughout the summer just came over and gave a salute to our only living ex-president, uh, Herbert Hoover. Not a baseball fan. Now we're moving to the last of the eighth inning. And the two key figures of the ball game face each other. Page on the mound and Branca, who is the batter. It's a tough one, one and one. Apparently nothing for the big stakes in Major League Ball in 1949 is to come easily. Pennis didn't. The World Series is not going that way. Branca swings, fouls Page's first pitch back. 
for a call strike. Page, since he has come on, has pitched three and two-thirds innings, retired every batter but one. Robinson, whom he walked with two out in the sixth inning, got the next man promptly. Franco has gone all the way, given up one run, two hits. Those are the identical totals anyhow. One and one tie. Pitch, cast ball ripped in there for a call second strike. Franca has retired the last 13 batters that he's pitched to. The Mets said 13 that he's wearing. Those of you who are not keeping score and backtrack on him. I feel into right and not deep. In field straight away. Throw. Curveball just hanging outside. One and two. One ball, two strikes. It continues to be a dark afternoon, but the park is brilliantly illuminated by the pitching that we are having. It has lighted up the entire series. No series has ever begun with as much pitching efficiency as this one. One and two pitch. Curve in there. Call strike three. So, Franca continues to be involved in all of the game's strikeouts. He struck out once against Burns for Burns' only strikeout, twice against Page for Page's only strikeout, and Branca himself has struck out six of the Yankees. Huey Reese, who hit a home run in the fourth inning to get the ball game balanced, as it still is, one and one. Reese stepping in. His home run that balanced the game unbalanced Burns. His control almost went out the window immediately, as Mel told you. Had to be lifted uh, uh, four hitters later. I feel toward left. Page delivers a fastball low inside. Threw that one hard. He meant to throw it hard. He always means to throw that ball hard. Page, who was the glue man, he just held that Yankee staff together all summer. Works inside against the hands. Took a little bit uh, off the fastball. Then ball two. Two balls, no strikes. The wind continues blowing out toward left field. It is the wind that helps a right-hand batter who hits a high drive out toward left. One gone. Last of the eighth. Everything almost deathly quiet for the moment. Two-nothing pitch. In there. Fast ball for a call strike. Big guys working. Two balls, one strike. Reese waiting. Trim, square-shouldered figure. Been the shortstop for the Dodgers since 1940. Fellow whose job he took at shortstop is sitting over there uh, with his boss. That's uh, Leo DeRosha now, the manager of the Giants, sitting over there with Horace Stoneham. Two balls, one strike. Reese takes a curve. It just stays outside for ball three. Now Barra turns around and apparently kicks on that decision to Pastorella and Pastorella promptly shakes his head. No. The umpires are under tremendous pressure. They do a tremendous job. 3-1 pitch. Ball four. In under the hands. Pass ball at miss. And Reese walks. This is the second walk given up by Joe Page. Now Eddie Mix is walking up to the plate. A right-hand, light-hitting utility infielder for the Dodgers. 
Playing third base today. Reese at first. An alert base runner. Page, who of course uh, has a good move to hold a man on at first. Sets on the mound. Henrik takes the bag. Now let's see what happens. She's all tied. One and one. One out. Infield and double play depth. Throw to first. Out in time. Pitler coaching at first let out an agonized scream when he saw that Page was coming over to first base, but Reese was back. Outfielder Mapes in right is in very, very close. Of course, he's got that wind behind him blowing in. Mixis is primarily a left field hitter anyhow. Third baseman Brown just stepped inside the bag. Here's the pitch, and Mixis sets the bunt, takes a curve over. There's a throw down to first base, and Reese just does slide back. It was close. That barrel foul, that ball, both these catches uh, today. Barrel for New York, who just threw, and Campanello of Brooklyn. They'll throw. So there was a curveball in, and Mixis was set to butt, then drew his bat back out of the way. The curve was over for a call strike. Now, whether he was bluffing to try and set up something or just to annoy the Yankee infield, or whether he was serious, remains to be seen. Reese taking his lead off first. Page delivers a pitch out, but Pee Wee isn't going, so it is ball one. The Yankees, of course, could afford to have Page come down deliberately outside with a fastball, uh, hoping that the Dodgers were running. Now the count is one and one. The score is one and one. The games in the series uh, up to this one are one and one. Last to the eighth inning. Page, looking down, draws his eyes now until it practically slits. Looks at first, pitches, fastball, swung on, hit wide up third, into left field for a base hit. Reese comes around second base and holds on, ahead of Woodling's uh, arm. So it's a single for Mixers, through between third and short. Dodgers are first and second. Hit number three for Brooklyn, hit number five in the ball game. So that's the first base hit off Page, and now Page is in a jam of his own making. A base on balls with one out to Reese and a single to Mixus. It may be that Mixus in bluffing that butt tightened the Yankee infield up even closer. At any rate, he had it up so close that that ball just skipped nimbly through between third baseman Brown and shortstop Rizzuto. Now, manager Stengel uh, hollers for time. Gets Page's attention and Tommy Henrik's attention. He wants Henrik to play back. The Yankee infield now is still in double play depth. The batter is called for all. The outfield is a little around toward left. Throw is one for three. Right-hand batter. Can't run fast because of the groin injury. One out. Throw swings a high fly ball into right center field. Mapes going back to right field to Andrick. Reese tagging up at second. There's the catch, and Pee Wee bluffs toward third, but holds on, and the throw goes beautifully and perfectly over to third base. Cut off by just up Rizzuto. Mapes has a fine throwing arm. He saved the Yankees some games by throwing men out at home plate in the pennant race. So that's the big second out. And the league's leading batter, Jackie Robinson, walking up. 
Page set, delivers, Robinson swings, hits the ball right out to DiMaggio in center field, and there's the catch of the line drive for out number three. And so Page comes down and settles his own threat in the last half of the eighth inning. So at the end of eight, one run, two hits, and no errors for the Yankees. One run, three hits, and no errors for the Dodgers. Hear the World Series exclusively on WOR 710. See the World Series on WOR-TV Channel 9. WOR and WOR-FM New York. Here we go into the ninth inning, and Tommy Hendricks is first up. Ball game leveled at one and one. Branca, right hands, Hendricks swings a ground ball that Robinson picks up, throws over the first in time for the out. A great roll for a fine play. Second baseman Robinson running along the edge of the right field grass toward first base. Leaned down toward his glove hand side. Came up with what looked like a certain base hit into right field for Henrik. And threw over to Hodges. So it is one up and one gone. Now the batter is Yogi Berra. This ball game is now being played on the same terms and conditions as though it were already in extra innings. Berra, left-hand hitter, crowds the plate from behind. Chunky Strong takes a let-up curveball down by his knees. Ball one. One away. One and one tie. Who would have thought that this third game could continue such a pitiless pressure following the pattern of the first two? Pitch. Fastball in at the knees. Four ball two. Two balls, no strikes. Franca turns his back on the plate. Walks to the rear of the mound. Reese it short. Walks part way in. Says something to him. Barrow ready to swing. That's his stock in trade. He'll swing at anything if he takes a notion. Brushed off very quickly by Art Passarella. Two and two. That's the ball and strike count. One out. Barra swinging that stick menacingly back and forth. Pulled it from the end. 2-2 pitch. Curveball. High outside. Didn't cut down and in. So it is now a full count of 3-2. and two. Ball game is just two hours old. Just had two runs in it. Each side is one of them. Franco shakes no. Now starts pumping. Delivers 3-2. and two. There's a solid foul outside first base down into the right field corner. Ed Hurley down there retrieves the ball, throws it out. Commissioner Chandler, several years ago, took the alternate umpires out of uh, the stands and put them down in the foul corners, which is a very fine contribution. Sometimes balls hit right down in those corners are extremely difficult to judge. Also, that gives uh, umpires up in the outfield a better angle on balls that uh, either caught or trapped. Now, 3-2 pitch again. Curve low inside. And back to the stands. Yogi goes down to first base. Campanella comes back, retrieves the ball, and Barra stops it first. So, that is just ball four. 
Had uh, Barra been able to advance any farther, then it would have been a wild pitch at it. It was a curveball down low and into the dirt. So with one out, Barra reaches first. Base on balls, which is the third walk given up by Branca today. It's the third walk uh, in three games given up by the Brooklyn Monster. Clyde Sukforth, the pitching uh, emissary of manager Shotton, goes trotting out to the mound. Suk is in uniform. And under baseball rules, which never relaxed, only uh, uh, men in umpires' uniforms or players in, or coaches or managers in baseball suits are allowed to be out on the playing field. Unless in an emergency, they have to call for a uh, groundkeeper. In other words, a manager who is in street clothes has to stay in the dugout. And uh, Shotton does not wear a baseball suit. Sukforth goes out to uh, discuss matters with Branker. Joe Hatton, the left-hander, gets up in the Brooklyn ball fence. The second time he was up, he was throwing there in the third inning, as uh, Mel told you. Now, Joe DiMaggio at the plate, 0 for 3 today. Outfield deep, round toward left, 1-1 one one tie. Barrett first, one out. The pitch to DiMaggio, fastball high and outside, 4-ball 1. DiMaggio looks down to third-base coach Presetti to get the sign as to how manager Stengel want this one played. Maggio swinging from the end, feet wide apart. Clipper, set picture, swings as a foul ball on top of the right field stands, and it's one and one. One ball, one strike. Maggio's foul up there on the right field stand stood up three, six, half a dozen pigeons. One and one. Franker checks first pitches, a curve low and away. Campanella down and to his right to hold the ball up. And it's two and one. Two balls, one strike. All tied, one and one. Well, we've got all the ball game today anybody could ask for. Big right-hander. Checks first, delivers. Strike. Swinging the fastball high end by the hand. The Major really took a rip. Unbuttoned his shirt swinging on that one. Two balls, two strikes. Barra, not too swift a runner. Leading down at first. Hodges, the first baseman. In and out of it, uh, the bag with him. Now he's off the bag. The 2-2 pitch to DiMaggio. A high, high pop foul up by third. Mixes is under it. Close to the stands. He's got it. So for DiMaggio, it must be a very discouraging series. Big guy, of course, is not strong. He's been sick. He's had, uh, he's had a terrible year. The fates have uh, really bitten at him. But he's had only one hit in the series, and that was a dribble up to a third. Today, he struck out twice, popped up to the first base, and fouled out to the third second. Now, Bobby Brown, who um, was uh, a record-breaking pinch hitter back in the 47 series. A 10 batter, choking that bat. He's a tough hitter. Frank is set on the mound, delivers. Brown swings, and there's a ground foul halfway off toward third. He was trying to check his swing, trying not to swing. No balls, one strike. Two teams are really locked. A run apiece today, and a game apiece up to here. 
Barra. Ready to cut and go. Two out at first to pitch. Fastball swung on. Hit into right field for a base knock. Barra going around second base and holds on. Frollo is known to have a rifle for an arm. The throw goes all the way to third base. So Brown singles, which is the third hit for the Yankees. And the totals are again even at a run. Three hits and no arrows. So Yankees are at first and second. As the Yankees come on with a threat here in the ninth inning, a sharp single to right. Drilled through between first baseman Hodges, second baseman Robinson. And the matter now is Gene Woodling, who is one for three. This is his only appearance uh, in the series. Double to right in the fourth inning. There'd been no hit-off breaker since Woodling's double. Left-hand batter, feet close together, steps toward first base in his stride and is in quite a crouch, swinging from the end. Franker's pitch, swung on, foul back. There was a high outside curve that Woodling went for. No balls, one strike. Brown, the runner at first. Barra, who is the key runner, is down at second. She's a one and one tie. Woodling crouch. Franker stands erect, stops, pitches. Fastball just in at the knees. Ball one. Strike one. Things grow quiet now for the second. Branker prepares for his next delivery. Rubs up the ball. Now puts his glove back on. Check second base. Stops. Pitches. Inside at the knees again for ball two. Another fastball. Two balls, one strike. Woodleg looking down to Crosetti. See what the orders are. The orders are going out pitch by pitch. Reese comes in from short, takes the ball from Branca. And the shortstop slipping his glove is busily rubbing up that ball. Meanwhile, Pee Wee uh, talking to Ralph. Now the Brooklyn captain goes back to his shortstop post. Two balls, one strike. Barra. Leading down off second. Presetti continually reminding him. Two men out. Run on anything. The ball is ordered brought into plate on Passarella for an inspection after Reese had rubbed it up. It's found to be uh, serviceable. Left in play. All right, two and one is the count. Franker shaking no. Campanella stays low back at the plate. The two-one pitch. A fastball just misses low inside for ball three. And the way Woodling back from that ball, Casey Stingle had ordered him to take it no matter where it was. Now it's three and one. And Woodling uh, checks broaders again. Cresetti looked into Stingle and then um, gave a bunch of signs. One good one and the rest uh, the hocus pocus for the decoy. All right. Count is three and one. Branca deals. Call strike two. Fastball on the outside. And Woodling, who had taken a step up toward first, is recalled by the plate umpire's decision and Bellas for the moment. Crescenti hollers something from back of third. So it's an automatic run and hit. Three balls, two strikes, two out. Men at first and second. Well, I guess you say this is the biggest pitch so far, wouldn't you? Game standing one and one. Let's see what goes. Frank already. Right-handed pitches. The runners break. It's ball four. And Campanella had all he could do to keep that ball from going back to the stands. So the bases are loaded. Branca turned the fastball loose down across the shins. So the bases are now filled. 
First time the Yankees have had the bases loaded in the series. A walk, a single, and a base on ball. This is four walks given up by Branca. Cliff Mapes, the left-hand hitting uh, right fielder, is waiting to bat next. And there is Clyde Soupforth, one of the Brooklyn coaches, going out to the mound now to talk to Branca. Robinson has come in from second base. Captain Reeves from short. Catcher Campanella is out there. Right-handed Jack Banner is up throwing in the Brooklyn bullpen along with Hatton. Hatton's been throwing a long time. Suki looking down to the bullpen, but he's taken Bracker off to one side and is talking to him. And apparently it looks as though uh, uh, Sukforth is uh, talking with uh, Branker to give Branker a chance to say whether uh, he thinks he can go on or not. And they're going with Branker. So the coach back into the bench. Branker now stands on the mound, a lone, solitary, key figure. Reese has gone back to short. Robinson to second, and Campanello settles down behind the plate. And Mapes, the six-foot left-hand hitting right fielder. Wait a minute. And Mapes is going to be called back from the plate, and Johnny Mize is going to pinch hit. Mize, the uh, former Cardinal, the former Giant, who was sold from the Giants, uh, late in the summer, but in time to be eligible for the series to the Yankees. Myers, who pinch hit a uh, single yesterday in the right field, is coming on to pinch hit for Mapes. Well, Myers is no stranger to Branker. Uh, they've had many a brush. So Johnny Myers is coming on to pinch hit and going down to the Yankee bullpen to get ready to go into the outfield is Hank Bauer. So Myers, who is one for one, a pinch hit single yesterday, coming up to the plate. Shortly after he was uh, sold to the Yankees by the Giants, he hurt his shoulder. He's uh, available for hitting duty, but uh, can't play at first. So here's the big fellow, Johnny Myers, stepping in, hitting for the right fielder in the ninth inning. Three men are on. It's a one and one ball game. Don't go away. Outfield deep, round toward right. Branca pitches, and Myers takes a fastball in by the belt buckle for ball one. As Casey Stengel sort of leading a little weaving, uh, sinuous dance down there on the Yankee bench. Branca pumps, delivers. Myers takes a fastball in for a call strike. One ball, one strike. Myers is a big guy. When he's over the Giants, they call him the big cat. And he swings that uh, heavy bat as though it weighed no more than a dry turkey feather. Okay, three men on. One and one uh, ball and strike count. Branker pumps. Two out. The pitch is. The fastball outside. Four ball two. Two and one. Stengel had Mapes up there at the plate. And he was not going to uh, reveal his hand until he saw whether manager Shotton was going to take Branker out or not. But when it was apparent that Branker was to remain pitching, then he called Mapes back and uh, put Big Myers up there where he now is. Well, she's tied one and one. Hold on to your hats. Three runners take their leads. The 2-1 pitch swung on. It's belted out toward right field. It's a base hit. It's up against the screen. In comes one run. In comes two runs. And it's a long single to get in two runs. And Myers is two for two as a pitch hit on the Yankees lead. Three to one.
Big Mize delivers. He set up there and he hit one about 25 feet off the ground against the wire screen. And Bauer goes down to first base to run for him. And Mize gets a tremendous hand as he goes off the field. And the Yankee fans are deliriously delighted. And there is Coach Clyde Sukeford calling for time and going out to the mound. This may be all for Brankerich. Three to one in favor of the Yankees. Bauer has been announced. He's the pitch runner at first base. And they're going to bring Joe Hatton. Is it Hatton or Banner? Just a moment. It is uh, Jack Banner they want. Not the left-hander after all. Jack Banner, who didn't get very much time to throw. So Banner is coming on. And Johnny Mize, an old National Leaguer, returns to the scene. But he's hit many a base hit here at Brooklyn. And promptly hits a solid, high, pinch-hit single. And gets in two runs. Three to one, favor the Yankees. First time that any team has scored in one inning more than one run. And the Yankees now in the ninth inning lead three to one. And with Joe Page on the mound, Casey Stengel is sitting over there, just got a smile on there as big as a full slice of a watermelon. Franco gets a hand as he leaves the mound. Franco goes out after eight and two-thirds innings. He got all but the final out. And the first two runs for the Yankees were put on by bases on balls. Franco retired 14 men straight, and with one out in the ninth inning after retiring Henrik for his 14th consecutive out, he walked Barra, and that proved to be the undoing. After DiMaggio fouled out to third... And with Branca trying to get the third out of the ninth inning, Brown laid in with a solid single to right field. And then came the base on balls to Gene Woodling to load them up. The pinch hit single by Johnny Mize, who is now uh, sitting comfortably back there in the Yankee bench. And Jack Matter, tall, lean right-hander, out on the mound, relieving for Brooklyn. It's the first time that a Dodgers starter failed to finish. Franker going to within one out. So it is 3-1 in favor of the Yankees. 3-1. On that base hit, Woodling went around to third base, of course. Mize is a very ponderous runner. That's why he was held at first. A faster man might have made it a double. So we have Yankees at first and third. Bauer on at first base. Batter on the mound. Second baseman Jerry Coleman steps in. Right hand hitter in a crouch. Outfield toward left. Batter throws. Fastball is bunted foul. There was a bid for a base hit. Surprise measure. Foul ball. Strike one. Boward first is ready to go on anything. You go out and play right field for the latter half of the ninth inning. Woodling over third. Of course, he's ready to set sail. Outfield toward left. Coleman 0 for 3, leaning in, choking that bat. Batter checks first. The right-hander pitches. Fastball in for a call second strike. Nothing in two. No balls, two strikes. Big Johnny Mize, while he'd been on some great St. Louis teams and uh, been over there with the Giants, never got into a World Series until this fall. And he's already more than repaid the Yankees for whatever they paid for him when they got him from the Giants. This base hit now just did that. 
Throw. There goes Bauer. There's a line drive hitting the center field. Of the Yankee, uh, four runs. Three of them got on with bases on balls. And now we have some action down the Yankee bullpen. Uh, Fred Sanford, a right-hander, begins throwing because this is a, a long inning. A fastball outside. Ball two. Correction, that is not Sanford. That is Allie Reynolds who is now throwing. Sanford was throwing earlier. And it is Reynolds, the pitching hero of the first game. Strong right-hander working in the bullpen now for New York to get ready in the event that Page needs any trouble in nailing down this 4-1 ball game in the ninth inning. Batter. Checks first. Pitches. Page swings and slices foul in the lower third base stand. Come on. We'd like to um, repeat what we said. Of the four Yankee runs, three were scored by men who got on with walks. Two here in the ninth inning and one in the third. And that's quite a story, and as much as there were no walks given to the Yankees in the first two games. Page swings and fouls this one back, and there was a hit-and-run play on that one because Coleman, the runner from first, was headed toward uh, the still-vacant second base. The Yankees have exploded here in the ninth inning. Franco opened the door with one out, a walk to Barrow, then with two out, a single to Brown, a base on balls to Woodling, loaded it up, a pinch hit single by Johnny Myers, knocks in two, and Coleman is just single sharply off relief pitcher Jack Banta. Joe Page up there, it's his ball game to win. All these runs belong to him. 2-2 pitch, swung on and missed, strike three, and Page strikes out. So eight men batted in the top of the ninth inning. Three of them scored on three base hits. So the Yankees now lead four to one. It's the first time that any team has been more than one run away from the opposition. And Page, who has pitched uh, with phenomenal efficiency, came on in the fourth inning with the bases loaded. That's when the Dodgers had their big chance. They had the bases loaded. The ball game was then one and one. And Page got Olmo on a foul ball to Hendrick, who caught the ball leaning against the first-row spectators alongside the stands at first base. And then he got started on a ground ball second to first. Allie Reynolds continues tauling way down in the left field corner for the Yankees. Bauer goes out to right field, of course. Uh, he took over for Mize, who had uh, pinch hit for right field to Mapes. Now in the last Attention, of the ninth, Page will be called on to pitch to Hodges, Olmo, and Snyder. That's the announcement on Bauer. Big left-hander, Joe Page, all set. Attention, please. Gil Hodges stepping in. No one will be permitted on New the York plane four, plane Brooklyn one. At the end of the game. Barrow, settling down to give the sign. The Page in no hurry. Shuffles a little dirt out there on the mound with his spikes. Out be around toward left. The wind continues blowing into left field. Page pumps, kicks, twists, throws. And Hodges, bunting, fouls the ball off. He was bunting for a base hit, figured that that was about the last thing the Yankees would expect of him. Allie Reynolds, who allowed no runs, and won the first game, along with Hendricks' home run, one to nothing, continues throwing down the bullpen, being warmed up by Charlie Silvera. Easy insurance if they need him. Page works. There's a ground ball, hit sharply down to second. Coleman up with it cleanly, throws over to first, and Hodges was easily out by about three steps. One up and one gone, last half of the ninth inning. 
Louis Olmo, who is 0 for 3. He's not gotten the ball out of the infield. And uh, I would say that Page is out of Olmo with the bases loaded and one man retired up until that uh, situation in the fourth inning was the key out of the ball game. Now Page works, almost swings, drills the ball back into left field. It's going a long way back. It is in for a home run. And it is now four to two. Now Olmo running his home run home, steps on home plate, and it's a four to two ball game. He hit a curveball and drilled it well back in the straightaway left field stands. The ball went about uh, 365 feet when it landed. So it is now 4-2. Bruce Edwards, a second-string catcher and a right-hand batter, is being brought in from the Brooklyn bullpen. Snyder is at the plate. Page deals over. Fastball for a call strike. Got the outside on that one. The Yankees 4, the Dodgers 2. Page works. Over. Fastball for a call. Second strike. Page, two outs to go and a two-run margin. Four-to-two ball game. Snyder holding it stick down by the end. Over the close stands. I feel back in the left on him. Pitch is swung on, fouled off. Nothing can do. Ball back on the screen. A few uh, spectators of the crowd of 32,788 uh, started for the exit gates, but uh, almost home run returned into their seats. Page takes the sign very coolly. Throws. Curve swung and a missed strike. Three and Snyder is struck out. So Page now is one out away. The Yankees four, the Dodgers two in this third game of the series. And just who the pitcher will be tomorrow? Well, probably uh, Eddie Lopat. He's been figured to start most any time. Might start for the Yankees. And just who manager Shotton would come up with, uh, you don't know. Of course, the outcome of this game makes a great deal of difference. Each side of the camp. Campanella, right-hand hitter. Swings, fouls the ball back. Nothing in one. Two gone, last of the night. Edwards waiting on deck. He's to hit for relief pitcher Banner in the event that Campanella can save him a bat. As it stands now, Edwards on deck is the tying run. Yankees 4-2. Campanella swings, fouls this one off. No balls, two strikes. Casey Stengel lets out an encouraging hoop and a holler as he steps to the front of the Yankee bench. Hollers out to Page. And we are beginning to get a little rain. It is starting to rain right now. First rain of the day. The skies are letting overhead. As we pointed out to you, they have been ominous all afternoon. Page works. Campanella checks his swing on a low curveball, and it is ball one. One ball, two strikes. In the column that counts, the Yankees four, the Dodgers two. The Yankees, after two men were retired, let go in the ninth inning, and Johnny Myers and Joe Page. You can see the typesetters and the... Uh, Various newspaper composing rooms all over the country getting their names ready for the headlines. 
One and two pitch. Swung on a high foul ball close to the first base stand and into the stand. So the ball game is still alive. The ball bounced uh, three rows of seats back, hit on a piece of concrete walkway, and then bounced high up amidst some photographers suspended under the upper deck behind first base. One and two. Well, you'd had the feeling with this ball game uh, in its one oneness that something would have to detonate it, explode it. And the Yankees did that in the ninth inning with two out. Now Page, trying to finish the ball game, nail it down. Works again, one and two. Curve swung on. There's a high fly ball back in the left field. Back goes Woodling. Way back, close to the stands. He can't get it. It's in there for a home run by Campanella. The Campanella felt one in the left field stands. It just goes in, and it's a 4-3 ball game. And listen to the crowd. Well, this is getting to be uh, a most unpredictable series. And here at Ebbets Field, where anything can and usually does happen, Casey Stengel goes out to the mound to talk to Joe Page. And Stengel is going to go with Page. He's going to stay with him. And Bruce... Never, uh, never has a club hit more than two home runs in one inning in the World Series. This is the ninth time the two home runs have been hit in one inning in a World Series ball game. The Yankees themselves have done it five times, so the Dodgers sort of took a leap out of their book. Two home runs here in the ninth. Edwards uh, takes a curve. Couldn't check his swing in time, and it is strike two. No balls, two strikes. Nothing in two. Bruce stepping in. So Page is once again within one strike of his final out. And the crowd is still waiting. Everybody's standing. The Yankees four, the Dodgers three. Oh, hold on. Page comes down. Edwards takes just outside for ball one. One and two. He may have been uh, setting up something with that pitch. Fastball just wide. Because you never know what will happen in the ball game. Both bullpens remain active. Right-hander Reynolds, pitching hero over the first game, working for New York in the left field corner, and left-hander Joe Hatton for Brooklyn in the right field corner. Hatton throwing to the bullpen catcher, Sam Nara. Okay, one and two. Silvera, who was uh, warming up Reynolds, stops to watch this Joe Page pitch. Page delivers. Edwards takes strike three, called, and the ball game is over. Edwards, uh, unhappy about the decision. It was a high fastball at the shoulders on the outside. Pastorella walking off the field. And that is the ball game. Edwards takes a call, third strike. And that's the fourth strike out the page, and it gives him the win. And the Yankees win the ball game 4-2-3. And Ralph Franker is the losing hurler, of course. So, we had a lot of excitement in the ninth inning, and we got some scoring in the ninth inning that we have not had at any other stage in the uh, series. So the Yankees win this one and go up now uh, two games to one, and coming up to the microphone, uh, Mel Allen. Mel, uh, see you got the record book, and uh, you've been looking over things and adding them up. Uh, how's it now? Well, we've had a total of 39 strikeouts in this World Series, and the 39th one, of course, 
ended the third game of the World Series and uh, gave the Yankees a spine-tingling 4-3 victory as a battling group of Brooklyn Dodgers refused to be counted out of it, even though they were down 4-1 the last of the ninth inning. And they uh, blasted two balls into the seats to get right back into contention. And as a matter of fact, all the Dodger runs today were scored on balls that were hit all the way. Pee Wee Reese and the two in the ninth inning, Louis Almo and Roy Campanella. Joe Page, who was the key of the Yankees' success this year from a pitching standpoint and who pitched them into that pennant, if you want to look at it that way, last Saturday when he went six and two-thirds innings of one-hit pitching in relief against the Boston Red Sox, who came on today in the fourth inning with one out and thus went five and two-thirds innings today and uh, did not allow a hit until the eighth inning and then gave up two in the ninth. So he pitched uh, one hit ball until the ninth inning and then gave up those two, and they were two big ones. They were all the way. So Page got credit for the victory. And uh, you must say, in the final analysis, these two clubs are still just as close as they can be. Three ball games all decided by one run. And if they have to be decided, that's just the minimum that they can be decided by. So that'll show you how close this situation is. And so as you attempt to pick the heroes of the day, Joe Page, who uh, came very near not being a hero, with the Dodgers teeing off on him in the last of the ninth, comes through to win his second World Series game. He won one and lost one in the 1947 World Series. Joseph Francis Page, a 31-year-old left-hander, from Springdale, Pennsylvania, born in uh, Cherry Valley, came on to save the day for Tommy Byrne, off whom Pee Wee Reese spanked that home run early in the game in the fourth inning to tie it up at one and one after the Yankees had taken a one-run lead in the third off Ralph Branca. Branca had walked Mapes to start the third inning. Then after Coleman struck out, Tommy Byrne singled to uh, send Mapes around to third, and he scored on Rizzuto's fly ball to right field. Reese's homer off Byrne in the fourth inning tied it up. That was the first hit off Byrne, who had gone through the lineup without lying a hit in the first three innings. And that proved to be Tommy Byrne's undoing. When after Mixes had lined solidly to center to DiMaggio for an out, Perillo singled the left, and then Byrne grew wild and walked Robinson and Hodges to load the bases with one out of the fourth inning. It looked as if the Dodgers were going to cash in, but that's when Page came in. And he got Almo and Snyder, got out of that jam, and was brilliant unto the ninth inning when Almo and Campanella hit those homers. Offensively, it was big Johnny Mize, who had reached Major League stardom, but who had never been able to participate in a World Series. And it was Mize, who had pinch hit safely yesterday for the Yankees in a losing cause, who came on to the ninth inning after Ralph Branca, who had pitched beautiful baseball all the way, who had pitched a two-hitter to the ninth inning, and who had gotten the first man out of the ninth, had walked Barra and had gotten to Maggio. And with two down, Brown singled, and Woodling walked to load them up. And then it was that Big John stepped in and lined a single off the right field screen to score two, and Coleman's single off relief pitcher Jack Banner sent the third one in, and that proved to be the winning run. So it was a thrilling ball game all the way, where the totals, the Yankees four runs, five hits, no errors, five left on, and the Dodgers three runs, five hits, no errors, and six men left on. Joe Page, the winning pitcher. Ralph Branca, who went eight and two-thirds innings, is the losing pitcher. His second World Series loss. 
Well, we're having a little more excitement. It's building day by day, and we still have a long way to go. Remember, we'll be back on the air again tomorrow at 1245 Eastern Standard Time. But do remember that on Sunday, we will be on an hour later at 145 Eastern Standard Time. But tomorrow, 1245. Tomorrow, we bring you the fourth game of the 1949 World Series from Ebbets Field in Brooklyn. Make a note that we'll be on the air at 1245 Eastern Standard Time, the same as today. Until then, folks, smooth sailing, smooth shaving, and good afternoon from your host, the Gillette Safety Razor Company, Red Barber, and yours truly, Mel Allen. <laughs>